Will the camp injuries to Jay Ajayi, Stevie Johnson, and CJ Procise affect the mid-rounds of tonight's draft? Can Joe is like Mark the Wizard McCausland and David Hubbard cast a spell over tonight's pros? Or will it be a heavy-hitting analyst crew led by Sigmund Bloom and Mike Clay that dictate how the draft will flow? Plus, Dave Gerzak once again joins me on a special two-hour broadcast of tonight's FFPC Pros vs. Joe's Fire and Rain Division Number 5. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you, Rob, and hello, everybody. Welcome to this special August 1st FFPC Pros vs. Joes episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Gerzakanatics. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Tonight, we have our fifth of six special episodes for you. It's the Pros vs. Joe's Fire and Rain Division Number 5 draft tonight. We'll be covering it to you for you for two straight hours. If you want to follow along with the live draft board, see the uh, picks as they come in. You can do so at youtube.com slash football as well. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with our show, maybe the first time you're ever listening, hopefully we don't uh, say anything too offensive right away. That stuff usually comes in in the second hour, but you can listen to us normally every Friday night at 10, 9 central when we interview a different high stakes fantasy football player from the uh, industry and the FFPC, pick their brain, get some knowledge from them, get some tips uh, and advice on drafting, fab, and much more. Uh, that's every week, 10, 9 central at blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF. And you can also stream it on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Overcast FM, and Spreaker as well. Uh, so definitely, uh, if you want to uh, check us out, we're out there. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you guys might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFOR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. And, of course, if you want to uh, chime in and speak with us tonight, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com as well. If you have any questions for us, now is indeed the time to send them. Uh, I want to remind everybody, too, uh, myffpc.com is your home for high-stakes fantasy football. Also, your home for uh, low-stakes fantasy football with uh, online satellites and Superflex leagues starting at $35 and up. There is a price point and a format for you there. 
Also, uh, check out the Football Guys Players Championship, a $1.8 million prize pool, $250,000 grand prize, and just $350 to enter. So check that out at myffpc.com. Drafts going off every single night, including tonight. Uh, and thanks for tuning in to the broadcast. Hopefully you're doing an FPC while you're uh, listening to our analysis of this PBJ draft. Uh, Dave, it is uh, time to thank Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com for putting together the Pros versus Joes Championship, and uh, we certainly appreciate him doing that every single year. He'll actually be drafting tomorrow. For anybody uh, out there uh, who is not an, an, an analyst or a podcast host or a writer uh, that are not eligible to join via the Pro route, how would they become eligible to be a Joe next year? I'll just join the main event uh, by the early draft spot deadline, NFL week, draft. Week after the NFL draft. And, uh, and that's it. As long as you join, then you, you get entered into, into a drawing. 40 spots get drawn. 30, 40? 36. 36. 36 pros, 36 Joes. This is six. I suppose it has to add up to 12, a multiple of 12 ball teams. Unfortunately, we are restricted to the laws of math once Man. again. And we don't do 10-teamers. No, we don't. We, yeah. do, we do not. All right, uh, you're right. So it's 36. 36 Joes, 36 pros. And this is uh, six 12-team um, drafts that we're covering First place in each one of these leagues will be getting an entry to the 2017 FFPC main event. That is nearly a $2,000 value. Uh, last year's uh, league winners will be competing this year in the 2016 FFPC main event. If you want to compete against them, myffpc.com is where to sign up. So tonight we are broadcasting division number five. Very exciting stuff here, Dave, as we are uh, underway. There's a little bit of a delay with team number four. They're trying to get hold of them. Oh, okay. All right. Team number four, that's Izzy L. Kafis. Not that from Dynasty Trade Calculator. I what did you say him. his name was? Izzy L. Kafis. How do you spell that? Uh, I-Z-Z-Y. Yeah. E-L-K-A-F-F-A-S. That's one word? Yeah. A-F-F what? So E-L-K-A-F-A-S. Okay. Yeah, you, you look go. at me like it's some super easy one to, to say and or spell. It's not. It's very easy for me. These things come naturally to me. Is he El No, it's weird because I was emailing him several times today. We were talking about him calling in. and Maybe he fell asleep because you were bugging him so much. That could be. It wouldn't be the first time I put somebody to his sleep. Uh, to his sleep. So uh, <laughs> your, uh, your thoughts on last night's draft before we get into tonight's draft. We broadcast number four last night, Dave. It was the first Pros versus Joes that you actually co-hosted. Uh, your thoughts last night? Anything that stood out to you from uh, the draft? Maybe a... Uh, run or perhaps uh, a position getting pushed up or, or slotted down or maybe a player that you were surprised where he went? Uh, you know, I guess that my general thing, and I don't really, I generally am fine with picks seven through 12 actually being just fine. And I think you can really make good teams out of there. But I think the teams that I did like were, were more in the early part of the draft. And I don't know if that was a part of them just being earlier in the draft, but I actually just think it was maybe just luck that I kind of like the way that they put their teams together. You and I both, really. We uh, we liked the, the first, um, what was it, teams two through six roughly last night. We thought that they all had strong drafts. And it's usually, ladies and gentlemen, not that. Bob Harris at the number one. Oh, we, we did like Bob Harris's team the as much well. Much hated and football diehards. Bob Harris. Yeah, Bob Harris, no future in the fantasy industry. What a jerk. Can't believe he's in the uh, Fantasy Sports Writer Association <laughs> Hall of Fame. Don't know how that how he slipped through the cracks there. <laughs> he's he's uh, like he the did. nicest guy. He is the super nicest guy ever. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about uh, the uh, teams and, and how they, they shook out, I think that uh, for broadcasting four of these now, we're looking at um, four teams that are the, the last two nights of drafts, which would have been last Tuesday and yesterday, Sunday, 
uh, I thought that there was a lot of strong teams in both of those drafts. And maybe it's a case of, of being able to see where players are going, but we still saw a lot of variance in, uh, in where players were being slotted in drafts for the average draft position you, and the, the draft boards uh, for the previous drafts. You go to fantasymojo.com. It's all posted on there. Let's get to tonight's lineup here, Dave, as we are about halfway through the first round. And I'll can we uh, use more sound effects tonight? We didn't use any sound effects. We don't usually use a whole lot of sound effects. It doesn't That's usually, I know. I like it usually doesn't play well. So I guess it, going if, forward, we need more sound effects. Yeah, I will respectfully have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you. That was very effective and entertaining. Eight minutes in, no Trump mentions, but we do have a Hitler <laughs> quote. So See, no, you're just like, why do you have to associate Trump with Hitler right away? I'm not associating anybody See, with anything. Just, I'm just, I'm just stating the facts, Dave. That's <laughs> all I'm doing. Yeah, you and the Clinton News Network, you guys are the same. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, people are totally going to think wife, I'm. People are going to think I'm. Teacher. They're going to think I'm a total Hillary supporter now. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I'm still holding out hope. Ross Perot, 16. Yeah, is he alive? I don't know. Okay. Pick number one tonight is Mark McCausland, uh, FFPC Joe. He took Antonio Brown. People wonder why we call him the Wizard. Yeah. And he calls his team names the Wizard. Would you like to shed some light on that? Yeah, in the old WCOF days, he used to dress up as a wizard, literally, come to the live events. Robe. A purple hat. wizard robe. Almost like a sm- like the velour-type material, like, you know, think of you know, Hugh Hefner's, like, smoking jacket. Had that type of feel to it. Very nice. Plush, in fact. And he still continues to come to the FFPC live events in Las Vegas dressed as the wizard. Does he still? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, he's a walking photo op for anybody who, who goes out there. I see. I must have missed him last year. Draft against the wizard at myffpc.com. He takes Antonio Brown. There was that one snarky announcer guy that was like causing a commotion. Um, what at, in Vegas? Yeah, he was like, uh, you know, he's like kind of like an old time broadcaster, and he thinks he's all great. Marv Albert. No, no. Um, I forgot his name. He'll have to, he'll have to, he was at the main event. Yeah, yeah. You know him pretty well, actually. Oh, uh, Don Erickson. Yeah, Don Erickson. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's caused he, a commotion the last few years. He was he was drawing all my attention, Don Erickson. So, yeah. So, anyway, I'll check out the Wizard this year. Okay. Anyway, uh, so let's move on to pick number two, and that's uh, football guy's uh, Sigmund Bloom. He takes Julio Jones. Odell Beckham is the third overall pick to FFPC Joe Corey, uh, Corey Jones. Excuse me. Dynasty Trade Calculator's Iziel Kafis takes Des Bryant with the 104. A little bit of a surprise there. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. David Johnson, the first running back off the board tonight. At the 105 to FFPC Joe Richard Ross. Rob Gronkowski goes the pick after that to Jeff Ratcliffe from Pro Football Focus. Anthony Sabino takes DeAndre Hopkins with the pick after that. The fifth receiver taken in tonight's draft. A.J. Green is the selection right after that, and I believe he went to uh, Alex Melio and Austin Lee, from, also from footballguys.com, two football guys entries tonight. Uh, they'll have a one-in-six shot of bringing home the title here tonight. Uh, David Hubbard, the first-ever guest in the history of the high-stakes fantasy football award five years ago or whatever it was. Uh, he takes uh, Todd Gurley as the second running back off the board at the 109. Allen Robinson is Josh Moore from 4 for 4's selection. Matt Jordan takes Ezekiel Elliott off the board, and Le'Veon Bell is Mike Clay's selection from ESPN.com. Mike Clay from ESPN, not Le'Veon Bell, uh, at the 112. So that is your first round tonight, Dave. I alluded to it earlier. Biggest surprise for me, Des Bryant at the 104. Yeah, it's a little bit early for him, considering he's been going 
right around the turn in some of these other drafts. Talk about Des Bryant at the 104. I feel like you are, we've said this before with a lot of guys, that could work out, but you're really paying for his upside at that point. You're, you're, you're almost paying for his ceiling. Yeah, you're, well, you're paying for his production that he didn't have last year, and you're paying for a healthy Romo. To me, that, that's my big problem with, with Fat Dallas. Tony. Fat Tony Romo. <laughs> you know, he's not in shape. He probably can't pass the conditioning test. He's been having too much pasta. Plus, he eats the bread. Uh, and he, he's got all these back injuries all the time. So you have to have – Romo's got to be healthy – and does has to be healthy. You know that I did finally see that photo, but it actually was not. I mean, it was just, you know, what? just not. It was at a bad angle, or I think oh, what it was. Like, this is funny because you made the same excuse when I said Eddie Lacy was fat as a rookie, and yeah. now look at him. And, he's yes. fat. Yes, he's got a higher P90X. It's not P90X bulky. It's P180X. Yeah, the 90 isn't enough. I'll, I'll give it to he's you. He's still fat. You said he was fat, and three years later, uh, he had a bad year. <laughs> Oh, whatever. So, uh, yeah. He's had one good year. He interspersed the two bad years of his good year. I he, think. He's had 1,100 yards his first two years in the league. Just combined? rushing. No, not combined. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, is, the way that I viewed the photo was that I believe he was jogging out to the um, practice field. And the reporter <laughs> I happened. I wish you guys were in the studio because Ball came yeah, made a jogging just, motion. Well, I, I don't know if you've ever jogged before. I just wanted to show you what it looks I'm like. I'm not sure how that works. So, and it looked like he was wearing kind of a loose-fitting uh, jersey. And it looked like the reporter got him when the, you know, the jersey would bob up and down because it was very loose. I feel like it, man boobs were it, 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 it got up like at the pinnacle, like where the, the jersey like bounces up, yeah. you know, and I, it, I could see why it was unflattering and inaccurate. So apparently he's in great shape. I don't think Fat Tony's in great shape. Okay, well, that's and that's we what, have to stick with the nickname. So he's Fat Tony. Fat Tony. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, receiver run to start off uh, the first half of uh, round two here tonight, Dave. Alshon Jeffrey to Mike Clay at the 201. So he follows up Le'Veon Bell with Alshon Jeffrey. Following up with his Ezekiel Elliott pick is Matt Jordan with Keenan Allen. I'm going to stop right there, Dave. Please, please stop. Stevie Johnson injury today. Yes. Torn meniscus. Sounds pretty significant. God, that guy gets hurt like every other day. Where do the targets go in that offense? I mean, do they go to Inman? Do they go to uh, Hunter Henry? Do they go to Danny Woodhead? Do they go to Keenan Allen? Uh, is it is it an, a quasi-even distribution among those guys? Because uh, Keenan Allen could be a big beneficiary if uh, Stevie Johnson is not in the lineup this year for the Chargers. Rivers just loves throwing to Keenan Allen. I mean, when, last year, he, was, he would target him like 15 times in the first half. Keenan Allen had like 10, 12 catches in the first half in a lot of those games. I can't see a reason why he doesn't just go right back to the Keenan Allen wall and just go crazy with him. Gates will probably get a few more, a few more targets. Rally cap in the uh, chat room says uh, every picture of me is from a bad angle too, <laughs> which is weird that's because funny. every photo that's ever been taken of me as anybody who's seen a photo of me can dictate. Uh, every one has always been taken at a good angle. Oh yeah. You're I have nothing but good angles. Dave. Quite dashing. I'm just losing all my hair. That's it. <laughs> that's all it is. That's why you're growing the beard. All right. Yeah, exactly. So Keenan Allen, the 202 to Matt Jordan. Uh, 4for4.com's Josh Moore takes Brandon Marshall uh, at the 203. The receiver run continues with Mike Evans to uh, David Hubbard, and it ends with Brandon Cooks going to Alex Melio and Austin Lee from Football Guys. They start off receiver, receiver. Lamar Miller, a first-round selection last night, falls all the way to the 206 tonight. He goes there to uh, – who is that, Dave? I'm sorry, next to – Shock and uh, awe. Yeah, shock and awe is, of course, uh, Anthony Sabino. 
uh, picking at the seven spot. He takes Lamar Miller. Jordy Nelson uh, goes tonight uh, right after Lamar Miller. So he's actually a mid-second round pick after being, I believe he was an early third round pick last yeah. night. He's like a 304-ish. Yeah, thing. so we've seen, I think we've seen Jordy Nelson go in the first three rounds. Like, Isn't that interesting? I mean, like in, in round one, in round two, in right. round three, in different pros versus Joe's this year. Well, it's really interesting that Lamar Miller went like at pick 10 yesterday. So now he drops the 207. Right. And then Jordy Nelson goes in the 304, and he moves up to that, you know, or to the, actually the 206, then 207. Yeah. So it's just kind of crazy how much of a variance there is from that. Yeah, meeting in, meeting in the middle, like Benjamin and Daisy from <laughs> Benjamin Button. Uh, so that's Jordy, Jordy Nelson to uh, Jeff Ratcliffe there. Amari Cooper is the uh, selection after Jordy Nelson. Cooper going to uh, Richard Ross. Adrian Peterson to Izzy Elkafis. That's a nice value for AP. Right? I agree. He fell quite a bit. That so he reached on Des and AP falls. Yeah, it's, it's the circle of life, Dave. That's <laughs> just the way things work. Even Steven is the name of the game. Jamal Charles is the 210 selection to uh, Corey Jones. T.Y. Hilton goes to uh, Sigmund Bloom at the 211. And Devontae Freeman, the final selection of the second round. Let's go to the phone lines right now. Caller, you are on the air with Derek Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Who are we speaking with? I'm speaking with Izzy. Ah, Izzy Elkafis. This is perfect timing, man, because you got uh, – you got your uh, selection coming up here. You started with Dez. You get Adrian Peterson in the second round. So a receiver running back start obviously leaves you open to a lot of different uh, selections here. What are you thinking here with this selection? Yeah, this is kind of what I was worried about. There isn't anybody I really love at this spot. It really comes down to do I take another runner and then kind of stream running backs later or do I you know, take a receiver? And it's, for me, it's probably going to come down to um, – Demarius or Lacey. Uh, I, I don't trust Lacey. I'd like to be as conservative as possible with my first uh, three selections. So I'll probably lean Demarius here, and I'll just pull the trigger on him as we're talking. Um, there we go. And uh, yeah, so, in a couple of a couple of receivers and a running back to start off. Uh, when you when you talk about um, what what you didn't want to see happen here uh, in the third round, is he? Uh, you know, obviously you were planning on something else going on. What was sort of your strategy, not only for this third round here, uh, third round selection, but sort of your overall strategy for the early rounds of this draft? Yeah, so I guess I was really looking forward to seeing if receivers would dominate the first two rounds or if running backs would go early. And once one, two, and three went off the board and there were receivers – I figured, okay, there's probably going to be some running backs going to be falling to me in the, in the next round. Uh, what I didn't want was to kind of blow my first-round pick. Um, you know, David Johnson, the sample size is small, too risky there. Zeke's never played it down. I like him this year, never played it down. Gurley, I worry about the offense and the defense being bad, them playing from behind, uh, playing against tough, tough competition in their division, Le'Veon Bell with the suspension. So I was like, okay, I'll just hope for a running back to fall to me in the second round. I'll take either Des Bryant or A.J. Green. I was worried about DeAndre Hopkins having a regression, um, Allen Robinson also having a regression. Uh, so I felt Des and A.J. Green were the two that I think uh, had the best shot of finishing in the top five as a receiver. Um, so I pulled the trigger on Des. He was so consistent in 2012, 2013, 2014 uh, before last year. So if he can average what he did, which is roughly you know, 1,300 yards and you know, 13 touchdowns, I think I'll have a good pick there. It was a reach, but I, I can't trade down. 
That's true. And you did, I mean, I thought the Adrian Peterson was really nice value. And actually, when you look at Des, AP, and Demarius, those are all first-round uh, draft picks from 2015, Balky. Yeah, and, and, I'll say, and I'll say this about the uh, – totally agree with you, by the way. Uh, I'll say this about the start here tonight with uh, Bryant Peterson and Thomas for uh, Izzy Elkafis. You look at um, what Matthew Friedman was telling us last night during the pros versus Joe's draft about how he's trying to be steady – be uh, you know not not whiffing on these early round picks like Izzy stated, uh, and then sort of winning the draft in the middle rounds and hitting on those uh, uh, on those mid round players like last year Devonte Freeman was a huge selection in these drafts. So I, I think if you can hit the home runs there and just do okay at the start, uh, you'll be fine. And these three players right here all are elite, all have good uh, history behind them as far as what they've been able to do uh, in fantasy football. So I think this this is a very solid start here. Uh, for you, Izzy. Nice job there. Hey, listen, uh, you're from uh, DynastyTradeCalculator.com. You're one of the co-founders there. Tell the listeners a little bit about what they find there and about the actual Dynasty Trade Calculator itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to thank you guys for having me on and, and inviting me into the uh, into the draft here. But the Dynasty, Dynasty Trade Calculator uh, started from a couple guys, myself and uh, my buddy John Paul Hurley, um, and it's something that has been in development for a while. We always talk about it. Uh, the big issue is when you have these multiple guys in trade, you know, these three, four monster package deals, how do you really value, you know, who really won and how do you value the players against each other? So, you know, over the course of four or five years of arguing endlessly, we decided let's just create a calculator. So we put together for a few months, we really tried to create an algorithm um, for dynasty trades, so not redraft, just pure dynasty, um, because that's where we felt the void was. The calculators that were out there we weren't impressed with. We put it together, we launched the website, and we were just planning on it being just a calculator for people to use, and we got really positive responses. So we started getting uh, contributors to the website, um, writers to the website, and created a rankings page, created a, an articles page, and we've had ridiculous growth. Uh, in the short year that we've been uh, in existence. So, um, you know, uh, very, very gracious to, to have all the people be stopping by our website and all the positive feedback we've gotten. So um, very honored overall. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a good calculator. I've used it several times myself in in many of the dynasty trades I've put together. Really? Uh, oh yeah, definitely. I've seen some of your night, those nightmare trades, Balky. No, you haven't. The, the, <laughs> the ones that that I've consummated with other people because I can't deal with insane people like you in dynasty. <laughs> yes, you've seen those. Uh, listen, Izzy, I want to thank you for calling in. I want to wish you best of luck the rest of the way here. Uh, you can follow Izzy on Twitter at. DLF underscore Izzy E. That's DLF underscore I Z Z Y E. Uh, we'll check out all your work at Dynasty League Football. Obviously, DynastyTradeCalculator.com. The uh, Pharaoh of Fantasy, Dave, joining us tonight. Izzy, thanks. I like that name. Yeah, Pharaoh it, of Fantasy. It is fantastic. <laughs> and uh, we really wanted to uh, thank you for calling in. Best of luck the rest of the way, Izzy. Thank you. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Have a good one. Izzy Elkafes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, former co-host of the show, by the way, Dave, when you were out of town, he and I hosted the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour together. He's a, a very great guy. We have a bunch of very great guys selected in the third round here, including a couple of tight ends. We'll tell you who they are and who they went to right after this. You're listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour broadcast of the Pros vs. Joes, Division Number 5. 
Then we're back. Oh, God, you did it. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. <laughs> My on headphones the, just blew up. On the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, we broadcast every Friday night, 10, 9 central on blogtalkradio.com. However, we're doing a special broadcast tonight of the FFPC Pros versus Joes contest. This is division number five, the fifth of six special drafts uh, we're covering for you. The winner of this league getting a 2017 FFPC main event entry at the largest high stakes fantasy football uh, season long contest in industry history. And it will be you know, continue to be, hopefully, into the uh, deep future. Otherwise, I'm just going to be eating cold ketchup soup every night. No big deal. <laughs> but that's all that's uh, at stake Fine. here. Yeah. So I, I talked about it a little bit before the break. We're through the third round here, Dave. Um, we saw Jarvis Landry go to uh, Mark McCausland at the uh, 301. And then Jordan Reed to Sigmund Bloom from Football Guys. Pick after that. Back-to-back tight ends as Corey Jones takes Greg Olson at the 303. Uh, we heard uh, Izzy Alcafis, who just called in to uh, make the Demarius Thomas pick live on air. That was the 304 selection. Calvin Benjamin goes right after that at the 305 to Richard Ross. Sammy Watkins, the pick after that to Jeff Ratcliffe from Pro Football Focus. Uh, three straight running backs then go. <clears throat> um, Anthony Savino takes uh, LaShawn McCoy. Mark Ingram going to Alex Melio and Austin Lee from Football Guys. And uh, Eddie Lacy going the pick after that. Uh, to, I'm sorry, who was that? Is that David Hubbard? Yeah, yeah Hubbard took Eddie Lacy. Ah, see, Hubbard took Eddie Lacy. So clearly, I'm in the right with Eddie Lacy this year. I didn't say he was bad, I just said he was fat. Julian Edelman, the pick after that, going to uh, Josh I, Moore from 4 for 4. I inferred that he was bad. Yes, you did. <laughs> Golden Tate to Matt Jordan, the FFPC Joe drafting at the 11th spot, and then Eric Decker rounding things out to uh, Mike Clay from ESPN at the 312. So the pick I want to talk about here, Dave, obviously, is the 305 selection. Calvin Benjamin, we talked about what a polarizing prospect he was as a rookie, and to me, he's uh, been a little bit polarizing this year as well. How does he reintegrate to the Carolina Panthers NFC Championship offense uh, when you have a burgeoning Devin Funches there and a guy still in his prime at tight end in Greg Olson? So you look at Kelvin Benjamin this year, Dave, maybe he's not as polarizing as I thought because his ADP isn't being hurt. I've seen him mostly go in the fourth round. Today we see him go in the mid-third to FFPC Joe Richard Ross. What do you make of that selection? Well, I love Richard Ross. He's a great guy. Don't really like the Kelvin Benjamin pick. I don't, you, know, you know me. I don't really like Kelvin Benjamin at all. I, also, right. I don't think he's all that great of a player. Uh, you know, he's got a kid. He, he drops the ball all the time. This is a, effectively his sophomore season. So I'm just not a big fan. And like you said, I mean, he's got to reintegrate into the offense. You don't even know how good Funches can be. You know Greg Olson is probably actually the number one look in that, on that team. I would think, yes. So, I don't know. I just don't – I don't know. Benjamin can work out. He's a great red zone guy for sure. So, if he actually progresses from his rookie season and the, and the injury season, he could be great. It's definitely possible. I kept thinking, Dave, that we were going to see a shorter distance in uh, the area where Kelvin Benjamin was going in drafts. Uh, in FFPC drafts, the distance between he and Devin Funches, and to me, it almost seems like it's getting bigger. I don't know why Funches isn't rising more. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not Funches quite. Funches didn't exactly light the world on fire after his he did. Season. He did towards the end of of last year. He really he came was on. Okay, I mean, he was better than okay. Come on. Look, I'm not. I'm one of. The, I'm one of his biggest fans. Okay, so apparently, what I'm hearing here. Is that is that I should be liking Kelvin Benjamin more? Not from you necessarily. <laughs> I should be liking Kelvin Benjamin more and liking Devin Funches less. Well, it's like you, you can make one of those like where you put together you know cherry pick three weeks worth of work and ah oh, extrapolate that and that yeah. adds up to 
60 catches for 800 yards and eight touchdowns. That's still not that good. Right, but I think it's different because I'm not trying to extrapolate it. I'm just saying maybe something turned on towards the end of the season because, yeah, he did struggle the first few months of the year. But then those last four or five games, especially in the playoffs too, he really became a, a not a focal point of that offense, but definitely a, 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 an aspect of that Carolina Panthers offense that needed to be defended by, uh, by defenses. They, they needed to account for him much more so than they did the early part of the NFL regular season. Well, and also he was, I always bring this up, but as Rotoviz always points out, he was very young. He was, I think, 21 last year. He was really one of the youngest players coming out in the NFL. Right. So he should have been like a junior in college, not in the NFL. So he comes out, gets a year of experience under his belt, and they say he's looked awesome in camp. So. What's the age difference between Benjamin and Funchess, do you think? Because Benjamin came into the NFL one he year. He 23.9 or something yeah. when he came I mean, it's like four years. And, and they were – and Benjamin entered the NFL in 2014, and um, Funchess entered the year in, the NFL in 2015. And they're right. like they a three- or four-year difference between them, it's, which is it's, so, it's significant. so bizarre how, how, that, uh, how that works out. Uh, let's move on to the fourth round here, Dave. Jeremy Macklin to Mike Clay. So he drafts uh, three straight receivers after taking Le'Veon Bell with his first selection. C.J. Anderson off the board to Matt Jordan at uh, the 402. Randall Cobb, the pick after that to 4for4.com's Josh Moore. Uh, Dante Moncrief, the Colts, quote-unquote, breakout receiver. <laughs> Uh, at the 404 to Meehan, that's David Hubbard. Uh, Doug Martin, the selection after that, the second straight running back drafted by Alex Melio and Austin Lee from Football Guys. Doug Baldwin, the Seattle Seahawks breakout receiver from 2015 to Anthony Sabino. Carlos Hyde, the selection after that to Jeff Ratcliffe from Pro Football Focus, followed by Travis Kelsey, the fourth tight end off the board. He goes to, uh, why do I always forget who's drafting it? at five tonight. I don't know what my problem is. Richard, uh, Ross. Richard Ross. Thank you. Well, his team name is Richard Ross. So I can't read it all that was again. I'm getting older. My eyes are failing. Gray. It's kind of gray too. Yeah. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald to Izzy Alcafas right after that. Devonte Parker, uh, the uh, Miami Dolphins receiver goes do you right. Need, do you need reading glasses? I might, you know, the last <laughs> time that Corey Jones, by the way, took Devonte Parker, the last time I went to the eye doctor, he actually said, I, I, you know, I should get glasses. But like regular glasses? Yeah. Near, nearsightedness? I don't know, remember what it was. Um, so you've never had glasses or corrective no, vision? Before. No. Oh, very and, nice. And I guess. And uh, then I was like, okay, well, do I need them? He's like, well, no, you'll be able to drive without them or whatever, but I think this, this would help a little bit. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> if there's anything we know about you, Valky, it's your vanity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, if anybody's got a good uh, hair plug guy, Put me in touch with him because that's next on the hit list. Deion Lewis at the 411 to Sigmund Bloom. And finishing out the uh, fourth round is DeMarco Murray, the newest Tennessee Titan veteran running back going to uh, Mark McCausland. Uh, this is an interesting round, Dave. I mean, not a, a, a whole lot of uh, surprises here, but I did think uh, it's interesting that C.J. Anderson creeping up to the 402, one of the earliest spots we've seen him go in the PBJ so far. And I, I have no doubt it's all because of me pimping him up and saying, hey, idiots, take him in the third round at the worst. Don't let him slip to the fourth. Slips to the fourth tonight. I really like that pick by Matt Jordan. You were right, Balky. Everyone's listening to what you were saying, and he's moving up in the draft. I, I like the Anderson pick. I thought the Randall Cobb pick was pretty nice, too, actually. He got a little bit of value in the fourth. Mm. Last, last night, Jordy went to the 304. Cobb, I think, went up to the 307, 308. Tonight, you know, Jordy goes mid-second, like we talked about before. Randall Cobb in the early, th- early uh, fourth round. What are the chances were 
underestimating the Packers offense for 2016 because Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Eddie Lacy, we've seen these guys go much higher in 2015. And that seems like those are the three big cogs of that offense, and they're all slipping this year. It's recency bias, for one. Uh, there's a little bit of concern with Jordy coming back. But I, I, I think there, I, when I saw Rodgers last year, I saw he looked mortal in a lot, in a, in a lot of those games. So I, I, I started to wonder to myself, I'm like, well, is, Rogers, is it Rodgers that's slipping? And it just reminded me that, you know, the running back or the wide receivers do help make the quarterback and the quarterback, they really, you know, they really do rely upon each other. You, you can't just have great receivers and this terrible quarterback and vice versa. So, you know, what else is interesting about as long as we're talking about the Packers, um, Roto World had a great blurb about this. Because um, I when I read both these beat report, beat reporters reports, I was like, wait a minute. So didn't didn't this other guy just say this and Roto World captured this? I think it was on Saturday or Friday or Saturday, one of the beat writers for the Packers said, Devontae Adams has been catching everything in training camp, just crushing it, having a fantastic camp. And then, like, literally minutes later, another Packers beat writer said, Devontae Adams continuing to have a really tough training camp here so far. <laughs> so I think that's interesting, too. And then Rob Domofsky from ESPN actually uh, said, um, actually, I think he was on Mike Clay's uh, Sirius XM show, that uh, Adams has had flashes of brilliance also sucked quite a bit too. So he's been very inconsistent in camp so far. One of the things that we'll have to uh, uh, be looking at, especially if you, if you draft Cobb or Jordy Nelson and, and looking at maybe getting Adams as a handcuff later, later in drafts, talk about recency bias, man, there's not one person that likes Devontae Adams this year. Well, that's a, yeah, I agree with you there. And that's the problem is that you have four, literally four wide receivers being drafted as the potential Packers third wide receiver, Adams, Everdaris, Jeff Janis and Ty Montgomery. I mean, Man. all four of those Trevor guys. Davis, too. Yeah, any of those guys. Man. You know, one of, you know, someone's going to get drafted who doesn't even make the team probably. Harry Kemp. <laughs> Sterling Sharp. Paul Kaufman. Yeah, Paul Kaufman. Coming from tight end to wide receiver. Yeah. Now, I mean, Sanjay Beach. <laughs> all possibilities, Dave. Yep. Bill Schrader. All right. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Query. <laughs> Jeff Query. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's, uh, that's good stuff. Derek Mays. <laughs> yeah. Javon Walker. All right, let's move on to the fifth round before we just <laughs> – turn this into a show of reciting Packers receivers. The uh, 501 selection, Danny Woodhead, that is the third running back selected by Mark McCausland. Sigmund Bloom follows that up with Michael Floyd. My boy, Kobe Fleener to Corey Jones at the 503 tonight. The first quarterback is off the board, ladies and gentlemen, and he goes to Izzy Elkafis at the 504. Alan Hearns, the selection after that to Richard Ross. Duke Johnson and Thomas Rawls, two interesting running backs, two guys that I think a lot of people are maybe having uh, a little bit of difficulty putting their thumb on what exactly they are this year, what they mean for fantasy, what their true value is. Uh, they go back to back here in the fifth round, Duke Johnson going to Jeff Ratcliffe, Thomas Rawls going to Anthony Savino. Delaney Walker is the fifth tight end off the board, excuse me, sixth tight end off the board tonight. And he goes uh, with the uh, five oh eight selection to football guys Alex Melio and Austin Lee. Jordan Matthews, the selection after that to uh, David Hubbard as his third receiver. And the second quarterback off the board tonight, bit of a surprise here, Dave. Maybe not a shock, but a surprise. He goes to 444.com's Josh Moore, and his name is Russell Wilson. Hey, what do you I, make of him being the second quarterback drafted tonight? That's actually how I have him ranked. I like, I like Wilson right up there near Cam. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't mind taking Wilson you, over Luck and Rodgers. Okay, so, okay, you wouldn't mind. But no, I, I would. I would take him. First of all, he's got the, he's got the rushing upside. Right. 
So he's going to he, – and he, he's just a playmaker. He's going to get touchdowns whether he runs them in, whether he gets rushing yards, whether he throws touchdowns. No matter what, he's going to produce fantasy points week in and week out. He's got a super high floor, and he still has a super high ceiling. Uh, and then also you, you, you lose Lynch, so the offense is going to revolve more about around Wilson this season. Yeah. And, you know, Rodgers is getting older. He did have a rough season last year. Maybe he's falling off. I doubt it, but there's always that maybe there's that 15% chance that he's just not quite as good. And maybe Luck's not as good as, uh, as everyone always thought. And maybe right. his receivers suck. Speaking of uh, Roto World, I saw a blurb uh, this evening that he's actually been kind of underwhelming so far in camp. And this is with, again, Luck was bad last year, and a lot of, a lot of it was. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily. I mean, terrible. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but I put a lot of that on the fact that his offensive line was absolutely dreadful. I mean, just terrible last year. And he was just getting hammered. Game in and game out. So There's I, another advantage to Russell Wilson. If his offensive line is terrible, he will well, run for 20 yards. Yeah. I mean, Luck's offensive line, I think they did. Indianapolis did a good job in the offseason of, of uh, patching that up. So I don't think it's going to be the same this year. But remember, Luck last year was used to um, working in a lot of two tight end sets. And this year he's going to be working more out of uh, three wide receiver sets. So more Philip Dorsett. Obviously no Kobe Fleener as he's moved on. Um, that's a huge, huge, I mean, that's a huge loss. I mean, Fleener, whew. I mean, he, Balky Fleener, he's oh, amazing. Right. You don't need to patronize <laughs> me. Yes, he was a huge loss. He's going to be massive in New Orleans. All those drop touchdowns, he had to go to some other team. I only, you know what would have been great is if New Orleans <laughs> would have been playing in the opening game this year so that when, when we're all watching that at, at the Westgate Superbook at the FFPC party, <laughs> yeah. we can see Kobe Fleener catch like three touchdowns, go for like 150 yards, and he's going in like the first round of, <laughs> of drafts. That just would have been the best day ever uh, to see that. I was going to take Elliott or Gurley. But I figured I got to take Fleener and get the forty points. Yeah, yeah, no, it's and and you know what? It he wouldn't probably probably would not have been his only forty point week of the <laughs> probably, season. Yeah, right. Uh, Matt Forte is the five uh, eleven selection to uh, Matt Jordan, and then he fell a bit. He did. Uh, and rounding things out is uh, Mike Clay's uh, from ESPN taking Zach Ertz. Matt Forte, do you think the hamstring played into that? Because he does have a bum hamstring right now. And uh, one of the – I'd use a lot of adjectives to describe Matt Forte. Uh, strong, virile, tough. I would not use the term spring chicken to describe Matt Forte. So maybe there's something there with this uh, hamstring injury so early in camp and uh, the fact that he's getting older, Dave. Maybe that was part of the reason for the slip because uh, you start off a draft with Ezekiel Elliott, C.J. Anderson, and Matt Forte, three running backs in the top – Five rounds, that is a solid start by Matt Jordan. Yeah, I mean, he can afford to take that risk because, you know, when a guy falls with 5'11", like Forte, Forte could, he potentially could return first-round value. If he, if he comes out, the hamstring's fine. He could be fantastic. Before the show tonight, I actually was, um, I recorded a podcast for uh, Rotoviz Radio with... Um, oh, you were kind of cheating on me. Matthew Friedman, yeah. Uh, there's a term for that. How was it? Um, different. <laughs> It was different. No, anyway, it was Matthew Friedman from uh, Rotoviz, and actually a guy who's going to be drafting in the Pros vs. Joe's contest tomorrow night, and that's Danny Mueller, a guy we've had on the high-stakes fantasy football hour uh, before. Plays a ton of draft experts leagues with, uh, with the FFPC, and we were talking about team construction and how he likes to build his team. And it was refreshing to hear this because a lot of times when we have guests on the show, they're always talking about value. They're looking for value. They don't really care about having a, a certain number of players at a certain position by a certain point in the draft they're just looking for value which i get i mean and and listen 
people we've had on the show have won a lot of money have said, oh, okay, well, the reason I did so good in this draft was because this, this value fell to me. I didn't necessarily love this guy, but I felt like this is a good spot to take him, so I took him, and then they ended up doing very well. People, people go to Target, they look for value. Yeah, they you know, do. Walmart value. Yeah. Um, they, they scan the iTunes charts, and they look for value, <laughs> and they see, wow, high-stakes fantasy football hour is free, and then they keep looking. <laughs> um, so the point that Danny was making, he actually does have a formula, or several formulas he uses, where he tries to actually get this number, I'm not going to reveal it. it. It gets released on Rotoviz Radio tomorrow. You can listen to it. And he actually says, like, well, some leagues I like to have this many running backs, this many receivers at this point if I'm doing this strategy. I mean, he actually had kind of a, a quantitative uh, analysis of what he likes to do in drafts. And this is a guy who's, I don't know, done like four dozen drafts so far this year uh, already. Um, and uh, has He doesn't like to take nights off. He doesn't take any nights. He's talking about how – he, when he goes and, and sees there's no DE, he actually gets ticked off if there's no DE that's open. Yes. And um, he's a, like I said, he's got about four dozen uh, teams right now, and he's turned a profit every single year he's been doing this. Hasn't, you know, he's said he's lost more leagues than he's won, which, I mean, who hasn't? Uh, but he's turned a profit every single year, so it's a good listen. And actually, player. we'll see what he does in pros versus Joe's tomorrow. I think it's going to be very compelling. Oh, cool. Not as compelling as what's coming up here in the sixth round. There is a lot of color. You could call it the rainbow round. We're going to tell you all about it here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak will be right back after these uh, messages. The pros versus Joe's division number five. Fire and rain draft rolls on here tonight. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Are you a big James Taylor guy? Fire and rain? I, I like that song. Yeah. I really couldn't tell you any. I mean, I shed I, many tears over that I think song. he did Carolina in my mind. Is that I, another James Taylor song? I'm not sure. I thought, wasn't that song written about his wife that passed away or something? Oh, I, is that I, what it was? I, 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 someone told me that story, and I was going to Google it, and then I, you know, Decided to you know get a hamburger or something. I, I forgot. Yeah, little known fact about that song, Dave. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but in order to be a uh, television show on the CW, that network, you actually have to utilize that song in uh, a montage scene uh, at some point in your first season. <laughs> no Otherwise, kidding. yeah, they don't put you on air. Yeah. Literally has happened to every CW <laughs> series out there. Um, the CW. Yeah, and, and in Living, do, do in living, in living Color did it as, as well. <laughs> Which is, yeah, the CW or the WB, whatever it used to be. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is now. But What does CW even stand for? I have no idea. Country and Western? Yeah, I guess so. Tyler Eifert leading things off here in the sixth round to Mike Clay from ESPN. Aaron Rodgers, the selection after that. Rodgers, the third quarterback off the board tonight behind Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. Rodgers goes with the 602 to Matt Jordan. Ladarius Green is the selection for 4for4.com's Josh Moore at the, three, excuse me, at the uh, 603. Latavius Murray follows that uh, to David Hubbard. Gary Barnage is the second straight tight end taken by Alex Melio and Austin Lee. And then Emmanuel Sanders, the third receiver drafted uh, by uh, Anthony Savino. Julius Thomas, the second tight end drafted by Jeff Ratcliffe from Pro Football Focus. Jeff Ratcliffe took Rob Gronkowski in the first round. He grabs Julius Thomas in the sixth round as well. John Brown, the third Arizona Cardinals receiver off the board tonight. John Brown going uh, to Richard Ross, and then uh, a bunch of running backs. Giovanni Bernard to Izzy Elkafis from DynastyTradeCalculator.com. Jay Ajayi to uh, Corey Jones uh, at the uh, 610. Frank Gore is the second running back drafted by uh, Sigmund Bloom. I feel like Sigmund Bloom's been uh, trumpeting the Frank Gore uh, horn both last year and this year once again. Uh, Frank Sig- Gore... 
definitely going much later uh, this year than he was last year. So that's uh, actually kind of interesting. I, uh, I remember Kurt and I did a DE. Yeah, of course, uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt, your friend, friend Kurt. former WCOF co-manager, Kurt Off. Yes, he runs teams with my other buddy, Leroy, now. But the real Leroy. The real Leroy. Right. So we were in Kentucky, and Kurt and I were doing a DE together, and we took Frank Orr. This was, I think, three, three years ago, maybe three, four, maybe even four years ago. Oh, yeah. We took Gore in like the fourth or fifth round. And, uh, you know, Wayne Ellis laughed at us. Ha, ha, ha. Wayne Ellis, known as Colts fan. Yeah, Yeah. so he's so old, blah, 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 blah. We won the league. We kicked everybody's ass in that league. And I'm not trying to tout ourselves, but because Kurt's a master drafter. But this was like three to four years ago that everyone was saying how old and ancient Gore was. He's still out there busting skulls. I mean, look at Frank Gore. He looks like you could punch him in the face and your like, fist would disintegrate. Right. The guy's got a big thumb for a head. Like he's got no <laughs> neck at all. I mean, Frank Gore is amazing. That's uh, it. Wayne Ellis actually just uh, popping into the chat room at just the right time. We destroyed you, Ellis. And he says, <laughs> I do it again, LOL, which is great. So that's fantastic. Wayne's a great drafter. He is a great drafter. Uh, Frank Gore, like I said, the uh, 6'11 selection tonight to, uh, to Sigmund Bloom. And uh, we're just waiting on the final selection here of the sixth round to the wizard, Mark McCausland. Can you tell me what you're doing here with these, <laughs> these seriously, these chicken scratch Unabomber type notes here that you're taking? Well, okay. So this is my, this is my thing. And I've said this before about, um, you look at offenses overall. Where's right. Carson Palmer being drafted? Like the 12th, 13th round? Yeah. Uh, right around there. That sounds about right. So Palmer's, Maybe a little bit earlier, but not okay. much. So let's say the 11th, 12th round. Sterling Shepard, by the way, the final selection in the 6th round. So you have David Johnson on that offense being drafted 1-2 last night, 105 tonight. You know what's weird? I think he's gone 102 or 105 in every draft, well, but nothing else. Not the 3 or 4. I don't think so. And then you have Fitz going in the 4th, uh, 409. Floyd at the 502. John Brown at the 608. But yet, these three receivers are going so high, and yet Palmer is virtually worthless. What? What's the well, deal? Well, okay. But first of all, let's. I mean, Palmer is a quarterback, okay. <laughs> and if I've learned anything from the pros versus Joe's drafts this year, is that all quarterbacks are worthless. You know, I just it's just. You know what it, it kind of reminds me of. This is going to be but, such, such a horrific comparison, but I'm going to compare it. You know those jerks that you went to high school with. And uh, they would. I was one of them. They would treat their girlfriends like absolute garbage, and it just made their girlfriends want them that much more. That's like what quarterbacks are this year. Balky, can I give you a little bit of a clue? Yeah, that's how most men are successful. That is not how I am successful with my wife. <laughs> they, I, they, they neg, they neg women the whole time until yeah. they, in, until uh, the, the women believe it, and that they think that they're lucky enough to be. Stuck with that guy. A pickup artist do that. I don't know. Anyway, that's the way that people are treating fantasy players are treating quarterbacks this year. Like the the more that they let them fall draft uh, down draft boards, the more they disrespect them. The more these quarterbacks are like, seriously, what is wrong with me? What did I do wrong? You killed my self esteem. Why am I being drafted behind, you know, Laguerre Blunt? Like, you know what I mean? Carson Palmer's legitimate MVP candidate this year, and you have Laguerre Blunt being drafted in well, front of him. So here you go. So Greg Olson goes to the three hundred three. Benjamin goes to the three hundred five, which was considered kind of a reach. So let's say he goes to his normal spot in the fourth round, and then Funches goes in like the ninth or tenth. That's actually conceivably a little bit worse than the than the Arizona guys. And of course, Jonathan Stewart—he's a running back. He goes way late. And you know, Cam goes in the fifth. I know he's got the rushing ability and so forth, but 
you know, there's something wrong with Arizona's valuation. Either those receivers are going too high. One of them is going too high or, or Carson Palmer is going too low, Balti. I don't know what um, uh, aspect or philosophy or, or, or line of thinking that I just brought up with the men treating women terribly and the <laughs> women liking them. But actually, Wasp guy uh, in the chat, who actually is a collegiate professor, uh, a, yeah, ju- a, ju- a Juilliard-trained uh, Ivy League professor. He actually no, I'm just is, kidding. No, but he is. He's a professor he go at to Dartmouth the Juilliard School. But yes, it's, it is Ivy League. It is Ivy League. Yeah. So he. None went, of us. None of us. Yeah. They're listening right now. Got an ACT score good enough to get into the school that he teaches people at. What hockey. do you What do you have to What do you have to get to get in there? It's like 32 to 35. You know, I was close then. Yes, you had a nice ACT score, and look at this. You're in the Verizon. Okay, studio. but I'm just saying, like, you were one away, and I would have. You were close. What did you get? 31? 31 is That's what I got. That's very smart. That's Thank very you. Nice. And I didn't even finish the science section. How were your extracurriculars? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> you know, I was in this, I'll tell you another thing. I was in this uh, who's who of high school Americans or whatever. Oh, you mean your parents paid 199 bucks for the workbook? No, actually, I paid for it. <laughs> and uh, They and, give you it's a marketing scam. Yeah, yeah. So then I flipped. Did I, you, you buy the Franklin Mint coins too? <laughs> I don't know. Like a coin collecting thing? <laughs> Just go keep going. All right. Anyway, so I was in there. And I, you know, I casually flip through it and I have nothing to back this up, but I think like you, you, they put your name and then all the stuff you were in, in high school, yeah. like, or at least, you know, you put that in and then they have sure, to sure. print it or whatever. I did not, I mean, my stuff literally took up eight lines of text <laughs> in there. And I, I, I was, doubt it. and I was just flipping through. I'm like, I don't think anybody else has eight lines. I think I'm the only eight line guy in this whole book. <laughs> and I, I mean, I probably looked through 0.001% of it. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, where, where, where was this? Oh, ACT. I did go to my ACT. And now I, so current. So did he, he had some comments? Oh yeah. So he said, there's actually an evolutionary theory behind this. I feel like we just did an inception level of <laughs> digression in the conversation. Yeah. Well, we went to like five inception levels. Yeah. Something like that. So anyway, he's going to tell us in Kentucky when, when he's at the KFFSC. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm waiting with bated breath to hear that. Yeah. Uh, Harvard train was, uh, was current. So oh. he was trained at Harvard. So he went to Harvard, yeah. and he teaches at Dartmouth. Oh, there you go. It's not Dartmouth, is it? Dartmouth. <laughs> I, I can't wait until uh, Justin Forsett gets drafted. I mentioned, I mentioned that uh, Sterling Shepard was the last pick of the sixth round. We are powering through uh, here into the end of the seventh. I'll bring you up to date on what's happened so far. Mark McCoslin, uh, after he oh, takes... Oh, Cornell, by the way. Why don't you read the chat for Cornell? Cornell, ever hear of it? That's from that's this show's the, the worst. Um, anyway, he's so Cornell. Gonna, gonna whoop us both. Yeah. No, Cornell. Ever hear of it as a joke from the office? Because oh. Andy Bernard went to Cornell, and he's always like, "I went to Cornell." Ever hear of it? But he teaches at Cornell, not at Dartmouth. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, I oh. Yeah. oh, okay. I thought it was Dartmouth. All these years, I thought it was Dartmouth. It's Cornell. Jeremy Hill is the 701. So much for getting that letter of recommendation for my daughter. You know what? I, I think so you got time stupid. to redeem, redeem yourself. Kern, I'm not the smart one here. The second. Uh, tight end off the uh, board, excuse me, the second tight end to uh, Sigmund Bloom is uh, Antonio Gates at the 702, followed by Theo Riddick and Kevin White. Right after that, Riddick to Corey Jones, Kevin White to Izzy Elkafis. Jeremy Langford, once again, falling in drafts. He falls to the seventh round tonight, and he goes to uh, Richard Ross. Josh Gordon, uh, another guy who we've seen picked as high as the fifth round in drafts, Dave. He goes in the mid-seventh tonight to Jeff Ratcliffe. Uh, D'Angelo Williams is uh, the seventh-round selection for Anthony Sabino, followed by Tyler Lockett going to Alex Melio and Austin Lee. Matt Jones, the selection after that to David Hubbard and Ryan Matthews, uh, the first running back. 
drafted by 4for4.com's Josh Moore. That's, that's some really nice value for being his first running back drafted. I mean, he had to be just ecstatic about how he crapped out all the way until that late seventh round and still got Matthews at the 710. Yeah, I, you know, well, I mean, if, if Josh wants to call in and tell us what his, what his thinking was, that the fact that he did not take a running back in the first six it's, rounds, we'd certainly, out magically. certainly love to hear it. But, yeah, it has worked out. And, Dave, I feel like this is another receiver draft we're seeing tonight with receivers pushed up. And I feel like they all are the people. No, they're not all. Not, mm-hmm. not all the all right. versus Joe's haven't been. Um, but uh, I feel like the people who are waiting on quarterback this year <clears throat> being very happy with uh, what's left over for them at the point where they're taking quarterbacks. And I think you can make the same case for people who are waiting on running backs. Now, this is a 28-round best ball. No fab throughout the season. Set it and forget it. So the running backs you leave this draft with are the running backs that you will be trying to win this main event entry with. Uh, So he will have to be pounding them uh, because the premium ones are obviously gone. But Ryan Matthews is your number one. Uh, You know, you could do a lot worse there. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, the selection after that uh, at the 7-11. That's uh, Matt Jordan, the FFPC Joe. And then the aforementioned Andrew Luck coming off the board with the final pick of the seventh round to Mike Clay from ESPN. A lot of value in the seventh round. Well, I mean, you look at uh, Ryan Matthews we talked about. Andrew Luck, I think you could make the case um, for uh, for value there. Uh, I think Matt Jones, for for me, him was a great pick. Well, I was just going to say both him and Jeremy Langford. I mean, say what yeah, you will about Jeremy sure. Langford, but he is slated, as far as we know, as the number one running back in training camp for the Bears right now, and you're getting him in the seventh round. A guy who dropped a lot of passes last year, but maybe that's a good thing in the fact that he is in his second year now in the NFL. Maybe he ends up snaring a bunch of those passes this year. So I think there's something to be said for that. How likely is it that you'll be taking Jeremy Langford in, uh, in your drafts this year in the seventh round? You know, if he's there in the seventh round, and assuming that there's not a ton of news one way or the other, uh, I would probably take him there pretty frequently, actually. I think that uh, regardless, even if you have two running backs on your roster, you really have to look at Langford if he's out there in the seventh. And... Uh, if if uh, you do have three running backs in your roster, you could really get crazy, especially in the FFPC format where you, you have to start a quarterback, a tight end, a kicker, a defense, two running backs, two receivers, but then two flexes. So you could be flexing out uh, and starting four running backs every week. So I think that there's something to be said for Langford there. Do you make uh, Josh Gordon as uh, one of your values here that you see in the seventh round? Well, you know, I was looking at both Josh Gordon and Kevin White. I thought those were interesting, like, kind of high upside flyer type guys. I mean, those guys could be terrible or they could be really fantastic. WR1s even, possibly. And I think the Dynasty, the Izzy uh, Dynasty Trade Calculator, he takes Daz, he takes Demarius, he takes Fitz. Kind of like your steady Eddie types that are all pro caliber players. You know, some are old, some have bad quarterback situations. But then Kevin White, I think that's a good fourth wide receiver for him. It's a good risk to take because he can end up, he could grab a Steve Smith or whomever, some other guy later that has less risk. But Kevin White's a good risk for him to take as his fourth wide receiver. What do you make of what Matthew Friedman was saying last night about trying to win this draft in the mid-rounds? Do you think that that is a solid strategy? Do you think that's a strategy that you would adapt, trying to draft steady guys with maybe high ceilings and high floors in the first few rounds and then trying to hit home runs in the mid-rounds? You know, I don't really – I mean, you've talked about that even earlier in this. I would actually – I'm not going to just play it safe in the first few rounds just for whatever purpose. I'm just going to go and get the players that I want – you're going to get your guys. Yeah, I didn't want to say your stupid term. By the way, that came up a few times on the Rotoviz podcast. <laughs> Great, well. that's I'm sure wonderful. I appreciate that. But, you know, like, 
last year, third, fourth round, I was taking Todd Gurley. And when Adrian Peterson was a rookie, again, he was going in the third and fourth round. That's a risky pick. Ezekiel Elliott in the, in the late first round is a risky pick. Le'Veon Bell coming off this injury at the end of the first round is a risky pick. But those picks could be fantastic. I mean, any of those guys could be the top overall running back, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell. And so, you know, there's risk there, but those could be 300-point players. And you say, oh, you know, you don't want to you, – you can't win the draft. Well, you can win the draft in the early rounds by having a guy that is just – the top overall running back. I think you can do that. And Devontae Freeman showed us that last year, although he was a mid-round pick rather than uh, an early round one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the point is made, I, 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 especially when you have to be aggressive and knowing that only one team is going to cash out of these 12, you need to go ahead and make sure uh, that the players you believe are the best are the ones that end up on your team. Speaking of which, let's go to the phone lines. You are on the air with Dave Gerzak and Eric Balkman on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Who are we speaking with? This is Matt Jordan, uh, drafting the 11th spot. Hey, Matt, good to, good to hear from you. We talked about your team quite a bit tonight. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you're ex- as excited about the guys that fell to you as I was, but uh, I, if I were you, man, I, I'd be really happy with the way this team is looking. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with the way that everything's kind of fallen to me in the draft. I think that uh, I wish I had a little bit more wide receiver depth at this point, but uh, I couldn't really pass up the running back and uh, quarterback value. So, you know, I think I'll try and make up for that a little bit later on in the uh, in the mid-rounds and kind of stack up on wide receivers to make up for the, for the kind of gap in my roster to this point. Well, the nice thing, Matt, about these rounds right here is, you know, since you're kind of stuck on the end, is a lot of these other guys who have so many wide receivers are now trying to make up for it by, the, by taking running backs or quarterbacks. I mean, you have none of these guys, you know, one, two, three, and five, and seven don't have quarterbacks, and nine, Meehan doesn't have a quarterback. Not that they're going to take them necessarily this round, but you'll make up and you'll get a lot of receivers coming up. Yeah, I think so, especially in this format where you don't have to count on, you know, starting every single one of them every week where you can kind of go with the, uh, you know, guys who hit on the high weeks. I think in the draft expert format, it kind of lends itself to being able to stack up on the wide receivers in the mid to late rounds. Man, when you talk about uh, strategy, especially in these early rounds that are so important in this format, when when you when you came into this, it sounds like you were planning on maybe taking a few more receivers early, and uh, it, that just didn't happen. Were were you just that willing to go away from that strategy because a guy like C.J. Anderson was out there in the early fourth, and because a guy like Matt Forte was out there in in the late fifth? Are, are you just sort of adjusting sort of what you're doing on the fly to make sure that you can pump as much? value on a week-to-week basis into your starting lineup as possible? Yeah, absolutely. They just, uh, you know, where I took Matt Forte there, I wasn't really in love with any of the wide receivers. I think only really, you know, what, five or six of them maybe even gone in the last three rounds since I drafted him. Um, so I think that value will kind of fall to me here. Uh, like Dave was talking about earlier with these guys taking the tight ends and the quarterbacks, hopefully, you know, some good value will fall to me in wide receiver in the next couple rounds. So, yeah, it's kind of just adjusting on the fly, taking what, taking what comes to you. Let's talk about that eighth-round uh, selection you took uh, at the 802. Another uh, tight end I'm a big fan of this year, and that's Dwayne Allen. How does he fit into that Colts offense when you consider that a lot of the reports coming out of Indianapolis are the fact that they want to run all these three receiver sets? The emphasis is so much on pumping targets towards uh, Hilton and, uh, and Moncrief and, and Dorsett. And Dwayne Allen's sort of like a forgotten guy right now because uh, all anybody wants to talk about with Colts tight ends is Fleener moving on. What do you make of Allen? Where does he finish among the tight ends this year? Yeah, with this format, especially uh, I think some of the pros maybe 
not quite as used to drafting in this in this format. The tight ends get pushed up a lot. Uh, so I would have I liked Blaine Allen. I would have liked to have gotten him, you know, more than ninth to the tenth round. But uh, kind of the way that the tight ends were going here, I didn't, I didn't really feel like I had the option to wait. And of the options there, I kind of like him a little bit better than Ebron and Witten. Um, but yeah, I think he does well with Fleener uh, leaving. I think that leaves a lot of targets out there for grabs. Uh, I know everybody's in love with Moncrete and Dor and uh, Moncrete and Dorsett, but I mean, I feel like Dwayne Allen will get more than his share this year. The uh, main event uh, draft slots came out in the Fantasy Football Players Championship this past Sunday. Uh, Matt, tell us uh, where you'll be picking from in the contest in 2016. Yeah, I got the lucky 12 spot, so not uh, not exactly my favorite picking right there at the end of the round, but uh, I've had a good bit of experience with that so far this year. So, you know, I feel like you can kind of make a good team from any position you draft in, really. Uh just, just kind of depends on who falls to you, so. Yeah, and the great thing about that, too, is, and, and I think, Dave, you're probably going to allude to this, drafting at the 11 spot tonight against, you know, five other guys that are participating in the main event, along with six other guys uh, that write about fantasy football for a living, you're going to get a pretty good idea of who's going to be out there, and you can formulate maybe a similar team here at the 11 spot, uh, and you already talked about the uh, experience you have drafting at the back end of rounds already this season, so I think you'll be uh, maybe much more prepared than uh, maybe some other teams that are drafting at the back end. Yeah, these drafts are so different from, from draft to draft. I mean, you can see, you know, even at this point in the draft, two and three round swings for people. So, I mean, uh, as long as you go out there and get the guys that you like, I feel like, uh, you know, you can put, put a pretty good team together from any position. So, Well, go out and getting your guys is certainly what you're doing, Matt. you got a great team so far. We like a, a lot of these selections. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way. Thanks for calling in and uh, giving us your thoughts on, on how your draft is shaping up tonight. And uh, good luck in the main event this year, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, you guys have a good night. Thanks. Thank you so much, Matt Jordan, ladies and gentlemen, drafting from the 11 spot tonight and uh, putting together a good team, Dave. Yeah, no, I like it. I mean, the Forte pick is great. The C.J. Anderson pick was a nice value. Rogers, you know, I like the idea of waiting on a quarterback. When you have guys like Russell Wilson, Rogers, and Luck falling to those places, I mean, not that Wilson really fell that far, but, I mean, you know, Andrew Luck, the 7-12, I mean, I don't like the beard or anything. I don't like, you know, the way he – walks around. I just don't like Andrew Luck really. Wow, you but don't like the way he I walks. I don't like Andrew Luck. I really don't. All but right. the seven twelve, I love him. Well, his, uh, the starting tight end that he's throwing to this year, Dwayne Allen, was the 802 selection here for Matt Jordan. I want to thank him for calling in. We're going to bring you the rest of the eighth round, tell you who gets selected there. Uh, a couple of quarterbacks off the board that are pretty interesting here in the eighth round. We'll tell you all about it. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is right back after this. Hour number two of the FFPC Pros versus Joes Division number five here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour begins now. Uh, my name is Eric Balkman. He is Dave Gerzak. And we are covering this live pick by pick here for you this evening. This is the fifth of six drafts uh, that we'll be covering. The last one tomorrow. We'll tell you who's drafting in that uh, at the bottom of the hour. But taking you through this eighth round here, the first selection. Let's stop and talk about him a little bit here, Dave. Mike Clay from ESPN takes. Melvin Gordon as his second running back off the board. Uh, for, well, not off the board. As his second running back on his team with the first selection in the eighth round. You talked about waiting on a running back for uh, Josh Moore and getting his first one in Ryan Matthews at the 710. Melvin Gordon as a second running back here at the uh, 801. Uh, Got to be loving life if you're Mike Clay with that selection. Well, we'll, we'll really see what happens with, with Gordon and Le'Veon Bell. 
Uh, again, too risky, or, you know, running back selections. But that's fine. I mean, unless you're trying to win the thing, and if Bell comes out and he's fine and Gordon actually produces like he was supposed to produce last year, then he's looking really pretty, actually. His team is nice. With I mean, but again, you have Ertz and Eifert. That was actually, it's funny, because Ertz and Eifert was the, were the guys that uh, Bob Harris was thinking about last night mm-hmm. on the other on the other side of the board. Right. Um, no, I, his team looks nice. I mean, there's he's got some risk at running back, obviously. He's got some work to do there. We'll see what happens. Well, I think you, you talk about the injury aspect, too. Alshon Jeffrey, a guy who's been, uh, been hurt in his career in Chicago, obviously coming off a, a year that he'd like to forget about. And then you have Tyler Eifert. Uh, we don't know exactly when he's going to be back uh, this year, but uh, it sounds like he probably will miss some time. Uh, but high upside all the way, and I think that's what you need to do if you're trying to win a contest like this. Uh, so after the Melvin Gordon pick was Dwayne Allen, then Michael Crabtree goes to Josh Moore, Eric Ebron the selection for David Hubbard, Drew Brees the first quarterback selected in the eighth round. He goes to uh, Austin Lee and Alex Melio. Jason Witten is the first tight end selected by Anthony Savino here, uh, goes in the eighth round. I'm sorry, what? Just keep going. Oh, well, don't interrupt me. Just don't. I didn't interrupt you. you I just you motioned you, to something. Right, you can't motion to something and expect me to Jeez, I'm sorry. I'm going to stand in like a you know, prone position. That, that's perfect. If you can do that for the next hour, I would you know, really appreciate it. Your enunciation could be a little bit better if, <clears throat> if this is what you demand of me. Ben Roethlisberger, the selection after Jason Witten to uh, don't. <laughs> that's, that's all right. <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger, seriously, Dave. Hands up, don't shoot. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger to uh, Jeff Ratcliffe uh, after the Witten pick. Rashad Jennings is the third running back selected uh, by Richard Ross, and that uh, was the pick preceding Derek Henry going to Izzy Alcafis, the rookie running back out of Alabama, uh, now of the Tennessee Titans. Marvin Jones, the freshly signed free agent receiver of the Detroit Football Lions to Corey Jones. Martellus Bennett, the third tight end selected by Sigmund Bloom. So he has three tight ends by the end of the eighth round. And Laquan Treadwell rounding out the uh, eighth round by uh, Mark McCoslin. Mark McCoslin, all running backs and receivers on his team so far. You know, I, I look at Sigmund Bloom's Martellus Bennett pick, and I think that is what I would call a screw you pick. Because you look at Team 4, Dynasty Trade Calculator, passed on a tight end. He didn't have his first one. Right. Uh, Bloom already had two, and then Team 1 didn't have a single tight end. So Bloom's like, well, screw those guys. They haven't taken tight ends, so I'm going to take Bennett here. And then McCausland still passed on tight end, um, but Team 4 took Jimmy Graham. And then also you look at the other teams. You know, he has three now, so Bloom is all set at tight end. Uh, team 7 has Jason Witten. Mm-hmm. Ebron went to Meehan. So I think these other guys have kind of waited on tight ends a little bit, so I think that uh, Bloom kind of did that to stack up his tight ends and uh, kind of really hurt the rest of the draft. Not everyone, but he, he hurt like probably four or five teams there. Yeah, um, and, and obviously uh, when you're hit, when you in a tight end premium format like this, which I, I apologize, I don't think I mentioned, but it's a point and a half per catch for tight ends in this format. When you and you can start three of them. Um, when you have a, uh, this type of format, I, I feel like the team that is getting the their their three tight ends first, the first team with three tight ends. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes that they're a leg up on the competition uh, a little bit, and it's not like he's been ignoring. Um, receiver to do it. I mean, I think uh, you look at his at his roster, and we'll get into that uh, later on in the bottom of the hour. Uh, he's going to have to do some work at running back, but pass catchers galore on uh, Sigmund Bloom's team there. Yeah, he, what he's doing is he's he's taking the tight ends. He's still taking wide receivers, which is smart. He's a little weak at running back, and he's and he's waiting on quarterback, which is also kind of smart. If you're going to stack those other, you no, know, at least. He's stacking two positions, and he's sacrificing his third running back and quarterback, and that's fine. Teams aren't uh, really, you know, 
pushing the quarterback envelope either. I mean, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight quarterbacks off the board as we approach the mid 10th round. So yeah. it's, I mean, there are plenty of them out there yet. Tons. I did want to speak to you, Dave, about this Eric Ebron selection at the 804. Now he's the first tight end off the board to David Hubbard, who's won a ton of cash in the fantasy football players championship. By the way, should we mention that he also uh, was at the uh, World Series of Poker this year? Yeah, he. What did he win? He won 150 grand. Uh, I thought it was 250. Was it 150? I don't know. Something like that. I tweeted it, but I forgot. Yeah, I did too. It was really. I he won it. like a world. He won a, a circuit event. Yeah. Yeah. So it was I mean, awesome. Yeah, it was very cool. Uh, he was like, you know, kind of tweeting and saying how he's doing and all that stuff. Right. And usually it's like, oh, yeah, busted out in 15th. You know, what I mean, like. But then he won. It's yeah. amazing. And I would I would tell you what uh, what his uh, Twitter is, what his handle is on Twitter, but it's a bunch of numbers, and I don't remember. <laughs> it's at 208-something. I remember this. Check my timeline. You see an at 208, it's David Hubbard. Uh, so very cool that, uh, that he won that. But let's talk about this Eric Ebron selection. What does the signing of Anquan Bolden, a guy who is a precision route runner, runs a lot of underneath stuff, what does that not only do for Eric Ebron's fantasy performance in 2016 but maybe more importantly what does it say about the Detroit Lions faith in Eric Ebron's performance in the 2016 season you know I don't know if it really makes a big difference I mean Bolden might have just been a depth guy where they looked at it like hey you know our receivers really aren't that great after Marvin Jones and uh and uh, Golden Tate so we need somebody else behind them so I don't really know if I, I wouldn't really put a whole lot of stock into that. Okay. As much as I'm a big Bolden fan. You're taking the uh, um, Kruger Industrial Smoothing approach to it. I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Okay, Uger. Uh, that is the uh, ninth round, ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring. Uh, that, no, excuse me. That was the eighth round. Let's bring you the ninth round now. Please. Mark, Mark McCausland takes uh, Charles Sims to lead things off. Deshaun Jackson is the uh, selection for Sigmund Bloom at the 902. Willie Sneed goes off the board with the third selection in the ninth round to FFPC Joe Corey Jones. Uh, and then Jimmy Graham uh, is the first tight end selected by Izzy Alcafas. He gets him in the ninth. Tom Brady follows uh, that pick up uh, with uh, Richard Ross taking him as his number one quarterback. And then we see Arian Foster come off the board to Jeff Ratcliffe from Pro Football For- uh, Focus. Focus excuse me. Uh, Blake Bortles with selection after that to uh, Anthony Sabino, Torrey Smith, and Tavon Austin. A pair of receivers are the next two selections. Torrey Smith going to Alex Melio and Austin Lee. Tavon Austin to uh, uh, David Hubbard. Zach Miller, the tight end from the Bears, is the second tight end drafted by 4for4.com's Josh Moore. And rounding out the ninth round, Amir Abdullah from Detroit and Justin Forsett, the final selection of the ninth round. Okay, a lot to talk about in this round, in my opinion, especially at the running back position. And I'll, I'll start where we finish, and that was with the Justin Forsett pick here at the 9-12. Dave, I, I, by Mike Clay, by the way, who, who we said his top two running backs are good, but there is some risk there, and he kind of mitigates that risk a little bit with that Justin Forsett in the, at the end of the ninth round, a player who I believe you still think is undervalued going at that position oh yeah that's a I think that's a fantastic pick I think that those two picks I mean Yeldon whether you like him or not I mean I think those two picks totally changed uh, Mike Clay's draft yeah Yeldon went at the 1001 the pick after right that, so. yeah so I mean I, I think those two picks are fantastic TJ Yeldon is a pass catcher I think he's undervalued a little bit this year I don't think people think of him in terms as a pass catcher and I think he's going to see significant third down work uh, with Chris Ivory taking a lot of the early down stuff 
I think Yeldon actually catches a, a good number of passes this year, and the fact that you can get him in the 10th round uh, of a format like this, not too shabby. Well, you really don't know what the workload split's going to be at this point, really, right? Have you heard anything? Well, no, I mean, nobody does, but we're projecting it. And uh, I mean, Yeldon I, did go ahead of Ivory in this draft. Uh, that is true. Okay, great segue into my next point, Dave. All right, Bulky. Jay Ajayi goes at the end of the 6th. That would have been the 6-10. Yep. And then Arian Foster, the nine oh six. Yeah. So you are talking about two and a half rounds difference. That's a big, big difference. A deep, yawning chasm <laughs> of difference between Jay Ajayi and Arian Foster. I think that this is the largest difference we've seen in the drafts tonight between Ajayi and Foster. And let me tell you what it means. Bad news for Dave Gerzak in our wager <laughs> that we doubled up on last night. Seriously, you know, I like Ajayi more than Foster. I don't know if I like him two and a half rounds better than Foster. I, and I can actually make the case here that Foster might actually have been the better pick value-wise than Ajayi, even though I believe Ajayi has the better season. So, all right. So I just pulled up Arian Foster's in the news coverage here on okay. Google. Highly cited. Jay Ajayi misses Dolphins practice and knee injury 12 hours ago. And then in the Sun Sentinel, the headline, Miami Dolphins running back Arian Foster impresses in first day of training. I assume the word is camp after those dots. Right. I feel just fine about my bet, ball. Okay. Here. All right. Fair enough. And listen, the news has been very good for Foster. Did great in his conditioning drill when he passed it with flying colors. J.J. already questions with that knee with the supposed bone-on-bone condition <laughs> um, that, that he had going into the NFL draft when he was a rookie last year. So, uh, the news really does not support the difference between these two picks. I'm not really sure what happened, but that was very interesting. And then uh, the final uh, aspect I wanted to talk about in this uh, ninth round is Amir Abdullah. Uh, once again, going to Matt Jordan. Matt clearly going with best player available at this point. Probably could have used uh, another receiver. He instead grabs his number five running back there. Yeah, I like that pick. It's fine. I mean, it's, it's a luxury pick. But he kind of has he has a little bit of luxury. He might be a little bit regretful when it comes to tight end. Uh, but then I know we're heading into the 10th round, but then he takes the icon Steve Smith as his third uh, wide receiver. Did you hear that news about Steve Smith that it was um, a double, double ruptured Achilles injury that he had last year? No. Um, the surgeon who performed uh, the surgery, um, <laughs> the doctor who performed the surgery, uh, <laughs> said that he had never seen anything like it an injury like that. And he said the, was it him or is Steve Smith's wife said it, it looked like shredded chicken Ugh. was what his Achilles looked like. I mean, just what? absolutely just blew it to high hell when he got in there. So he got in there and he was doing the surgery and, wow. and, and he fixed it up. And I mean, God only knows how Smith comes back from that. I mean, if there's one guy who, um, you know, is uh, bionic in the NFL, it's probably Adrian Peterson, but Steve Smith, it seemingly just, you know, just, Normal human physiology does not seem to apply to him. He is just something else. I hope he makes the Hall of Fame. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be kind of close. We'll that, see. that would be interesting if, if he they did. Went, if they went, if if they actually, oh, he's not going to win Super Bowl, but you know. Wayne Ellis with this bombshell in the chat room says he doesn't think Smith plays this year. No, wow, well, well, that's interesting. Well, that's in, that is interesting actually. If he doesn't think he plays. Um, and uh, Wayne Ellis, by the way, in a few short weeks, we'll be drafting Steve Smith in the fifth round of all of the league. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. So we get to the 10th round here, Dave. Let me mention uh, so, yeah, one more thing ahead. about the ninth round. Yep. One year ago, where do you think? Okay, <laughs> one year ago, Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Yeah. 
Where would you put him? What? Where would you put him as being drafted? Right, he was going like the first round, like early second. Yeah, somewhere around there, second round usually. Martellus Bennett, who is now the you know second whatever. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. At what point did Jimmy Graham um, get traded? He wasn't a deadline deal, was he? Uh, no, he, he. I think he went earlier earlier than that. I don't. You know, I don't remember. I exactly. just. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm trying no, to think. Was it in the season? Was it in season? Was I don't know. Dude, I don't remember. I don't think it wasn't. It couldn't have been in season. No. Well, whatever. Someone in the chat could tell us. Yeah. The point being, I can't, you know, I can't believe Jimmy Graham is going after Martellus Bennett, who's the second tight end on the Patriots. I mean, it's just, it's fine. I know he's coming off the injury. It's just very unusual. I, I, I don't, I don't think that there is anything. I feel like every single time we do one of these pros versus Joe's drafts, and we're actually going to be covering a football guys uh, players championship draft live on the show on Friday night. And you can what? say that. Yep. You could say the same thing about that draft. We're going to be able to say something bizarre yes. about where Jimmy Graham got drafted in relation to either the point of the draft or who he went just behind or just in front of, or, you know, something he went like after that. Willie Sneed tonight. I mean, a year ago, you would have said who in the hell is Willie yeah, Sneed? WTF Dave. Just, I, I just, a golfer? I, I don't get it. Absolutely don't get it. Uh, let's take you through the 10th round here. Uh, as we uh, press on, we, uh, Dave already mentioned TJ Yeldon going with the, uh, 10.01 pick to Mike Clay. Very Steve interesting Smith pick here in the 10th. To the uh, 10.02 uh, with Steve Smith to Matt Jordan. Travis Benjamin follows that up to Josh Moore from 4 for 4. Sammy Coates, the Pittsburgh Steelers receiver, to uh, David Hubbard. Bilal Powell, the number three running back here for Alex Melio and Austin Lee. Uh, Blake Bortles was the ninth round selection of uh, Anthony Sabino. He follows that up with another quarterback in the 10th round, and that's Carson Palmer. C.J. Procise, uh, the selection right after Palmer. Procise, of course, going to Jeff Ratcliffe from Pro Football Focus. Chris Ivory, uh, as Dave mentioned, uh, going after T.J. Yeldon. is still in the same round here. Ivory going to Richard Ross. Corey Coleman, the rookie receiver from Cleveland. Apparently the number two receiver starting in October for Cleveland, uh, allegedly. Yeah, right. That will uh, be Dynasty Trade Calculators. Izzy Alcafas' 10th uh, round selection. Kamar Aiken, the selection after that to uh, Corey Jones. Michael Thomas. Rookie receiver from the New Orleans Saints to Sigmund Bloom and rounding things out in the 12th round with the 120th overall selection of the draft. Uh, Mark McCausland takes his first tight end, and his name is Charles Clay, and he plays for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> so that is the uh, 10th round. You said there was an interesting selection. Sammy Coates. Give you the floor to talk about Coates. Sammy Coates goes to David Hubbard, widely esteemed player. He already had Mike Evans, Dante Mockrieff, Jordan Matthews, and Tavon Austin. This is purely a luxury pick. He didn't have a quarterback, didn't have a second tight end. Yet, at the 10-04, he takes Sammy Coates. To me, that means that Hubbard is really a fan of Coates. Uh, so I think that's just something that's noteworthy. I mean, when you look at him taking Coates, he's been making plays in practice. He showed, showed up trim, looking yep. very in shape this year. He was a semi-pedigreed player from an athleticism standpoint, but did absolutely nothing as a rookie. Uh, so I think that's really interesting. With Martavius Bryant, with Martavius Bryant gone, uh, Whedon has been uh, you know underwhelming in his entire career. He seems more like a slot type guy. I think Coates is a really good breakout type candidate, and I think uh, Meehan just confirmed it. Well, and I mean Meehan did in fact confirm it. Of course, David Hubbard, uh, winner of I don't know hundreds of thousands of dollars in the fantasy football players championship over the years, uh, and Dave says that he. Uh, the the confirmation of Sammy Coates being a uh, Meehan's probably going to text me and be like. Dude, shut up about Coates. Right, right. I'm going to tell you something, Dave. 
Anybody who follows the Blake Harrington Dynasty League would have known that Sammy Coates was a baller selection last year when uh, Fab closed. I spent the last $13 I had on Sammy Coates. So nice. I drafted him, actually. Some people are draft. just ahead of the curve, I think, is, is what we can take from this. And um, He had to be cut. I don't want to toot my own horn. But you will. But beep, beep. <laughs> beep. Ball nice team. job with Coates. Thank you very much. Hey, listen, that was the uh, 10th round. The 11th round is now complete. Some interesting picks in this round, including a couple of tight ends that uh, Dave and I will want to talk about. We do uh, have to take a quick break. We'll be right after this. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour covering the FFPC Pros versus Joes right here on blogtalkradio.com slash HSFN. Welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak. You know, we're in the studio here covering this FFPC Pros versus Joe's draft here. And uh, my Fitbit just buzzed. And I didn't know why, did you, did you hit your why it was today? buzzing. Yeah, and, and that's what it was. I, hit my, I thought it was somebody calling. I'm not moving at that's all. because you have the arm Fitbit. Yeah. That's the cheater Fitbit where you just move your arms but around and listen, you get steps. But when I had, when I had the... Um, uh, just the, the, yeah, that one, the, the, well, no, that, that's not the zip. I had the zip, but also when I had to keep, I lost it twice. So I said, screw that. I'm, I'm on I'm, like my fifth Fitbit. I'm get, yeah, it's not worth it. So I got the arm one. I'll tell you another thing that pisses me off about the arm Fitbit. This is the, by the way, the <laughs> Fitbit flex. How many steps is that that buzzes you? 13,000. Okay. Okay. So I, I, after work today, I, and, and before we did the Rotoviz podcast, um, I took my kids to a neighborhood park. Now, when I take them to the park, I push them in a stroller. I feel it is unfair for me to keep the Fitbit <laughs> on my wrist while I push the stroller. So then, you're not getting credit for your. No, stuff. I'm not. And it's like, what's what? the point of walking if you're not getting credit? Why don't you push it one arm and swing? Yeah, I'm not swing doing the other that. Arm. Like, like, you look like, like an idiot. Some sort of cartoon. You I look, look like, like a re- like an idiot. You look like yeah. <laughs> so so I put it in my pocket. Okay. Yeah. I hit my my uh, my steps. On, on the playground, playing with them. Yeah. And then, for some unknown reason to me, I end up getting like 1,500 steps taken away from me. Like when, <laughs> when my thing syncs up, so it must have known that I like put it in my pocket oh, or something. It's a cheat So really, cheat I'm like way ahead, but I didn't get credit for those steps, and it really ticks me off. Man, that sucks, Balky. No, whatever. Hopefully you got some Pikachu while you were out there. Tell you what I do have is uh, the 11th round to cheer me up here. Charmander. Um, the, the first selection of the 11th round is actually also the first quarterback to Mark McCausland. That's Eli Manning at the 1101. Jarek McKinnon goes at the 1102 to Sigmund Bloom as his number three running back. Mohamed Sanu, the selection after that uh, to Corey Jones, the FFPC Joe. Tevin Coleman uh, going to uh, Iziel Kafis right after that. Not the Devontae Freeman owner, I might add. And by the way, um, Sigmund Bloom took uh, Jarek McKinnon. He does not own Adrian Peterson in this draft. Oh, it's getting snippy in there, Balky. Yeah, it's getting very snippy. Uh, as snippy as a barbershop in this draft right now, Dave. <laughs> um, Kyle, Cedric the Entertainer uh, coming into the studio now to, to check things out uh, along with Ice Cube. So, yes, uh, definitely uh, a barbershop esque looking draft here in the mid rounds. Ice Cube's on my on the T V right now, Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood, yeah. Uh Kyle Rudolph right after Tevin Coleman, uh the tight end to Richard Ross. Stephon Diggs, uh the Minnesota Vikings receiver uh, out of Maryland. He goes to Jeff Ratcliffe. 
Marcus Wheaton, as Dave mentioned, uh, the uh, receiver for Pittsburgh, competing to be the number two receiver. He goes to uh, Anthony Savino. Following that, Alex Melio and Austin Lee from Football Guys take James Starks, a backup running back for the Green Bay Packers. Philip Dorsett is a selection to David Hubbard after that. LeGarrette Blount um, going to uh, Josh Moore from 4 for 4. So Blount actually does not go before Carson Palmer, as I alluded to before. So maybe uh, number two running back as is. Oh, LeGarrette Blunt is the second running back selected by uh, Josh Moore. So that's interesting. Austin Saperian Jenkins, the penultimate pick of the 11th round to uh, Matt Jordan and Mike Clay from ESPN making uh, Vincent Jackson, the final selection of the 11th round. So an interesting round. When we uh, look back here, uh, Dave, we have a lot of uh, running backs, not going with their, uh, you know, handcuffs. Jarek McKinnon not going to Adrian Peterson. Tevin Coleman not going to Devontae Freeman. James Starks not going to Eddie Lacy. And LeGarrette Blount not going to the Deion Lewis owner. I mean, you could say that's a, a weak cuff, but it's yeah. still the relationship exists there. They do game plan where some, you know, some weeks Blount will have a 30-point week and Lewis will suck and then vice versa. Um, I look at... Um, this section of the draft, this round specifically. And I'm reminded of an adage that we've heard from a lot of high stakes owners uh, on, on our show over the years. And that is when you're looking to draft handcuffs, don't really take into account too much what running backs you already have. Right. Look, look for the guys that are talented and that would become the guy uh, if the starter were to go down, even if that guy is not on your team. Niall Davis is a perfect example of this uh, a few years ago, was one of the highest drafted handcuff guys out there. I look at Ben Tate as another real popular selection for people who maybe necessarily didn't draft Arian Foster, but they still utilized an early cuff pick on him. So I think that we see this here, that these pros and Joes adhering to that as well. Remember the really old, the biggest, the biggest handcuff ever, in my opinion, Balky? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'll do it. Anyway. Okay, no, it's fine. Larry Johnson and Priest Holmes. Mm-hmm. Remember that? That was the old school, super old school. But Priest Holmes was going in the like the fifth round. He was like a fifth. If you took Larry Johnson, you had to draft Priest Holmes in like the late fourth, early fifth. If you had, I think LJ was going to one, one hundred two. I always viewed it was it was the other way around. I oh, thought whatever. you took you took Holmes early, and then LJ was like a fifth round pick. Maybe that was it. Yeah. See, my memory's going, but yeah, well, but, happens to the best of us. You no, know, you're right. It was. It was Priest Holmes was like the two or three pick after LT. Right. And then Larry Johnson would go up to 502. Five, you'd have to get him right there, otherwise it's over. Back in the golden days of fantasy football when the running backs knew who the running backs were, the receivers <laughs> knew who the receivers were. Remember, like with yep, that, and back when Greg overreacted and introduced 3RR. I don't know what you're talking about. Right after LT had 30 touchdowns, Bulky. Yeah, and then and Sean, he, and he Sean, still stuck with it. Sean Alexander had 50 or whatever it was <laughs> the year after that. I do. I mean, you think about those days Just kidding, Greg. and what it was like to draft in, uh, in fantasy leagues when those running backs were so uber important and really the centerpiece uh, of drafts and really the only, you know, guy we have like that anymore is Adrian Peterson. Yeah, and he just went at the. Uh, I guess you can two, make the case. He for, went at the two oh nine. He's so great. You can make you can make the case for Todd Gurley as well, but um, you no, know, I don't think so. He is the focal point of that. No, yes, offense. he's the focal point. But I mean, obviously, you look at where a guy like LT went. If an LT type player was in the NFL right now, he'd be going at the one hundred one. There is not. If Le'Veon Bell was totally healthy, he'd be going at the one hundred one, one hundred two, one hundred three, and not suspended. Not suspended. Right. Totally healthy. 
no problems. If David John, if Arians wasn't saying, oh, you know, I don't know, I'll give it all to whoever, <laughs> whoever I feel like. I went out to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, and I felt like Chris Johnson should get a few more touches. I'm not sure what's happening. You know, what's going to happen? You and Ruth's Chris always seem to come up. On, I don't NFL know. NFL players, they go to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. That's the nice steakhouse for all the NFL guys. <laughs> Just, it comes up like an inordinate amount of times on this show. Excuse me one sec. <laughs> <laughs> Don't die. Man. All right. When when I cough like that, you have to talk. <laughs> I have nothing to say. All right. That, that, that's this is fantastic. <laughs> I radio. paused on purpose. Me honestly, I'm I didn't say anything on purpose. Completely losing. I'm glad this thing wraps up tomorrow because <laughs> I, I'm not going to have much much to give after that. This is getting better. But all the yeah, shows are getting better. No, I remember like back in the day, it was like to to draft running backs. And you're right, it is a completely different animal right now, especially with um with all these receivers uh, being pushed up over I mean, and over again. If you didn't make the playoffs. When LT had 30 touchdowns in 2006, you were literally the worst fantasy player of all time. Well, there's probably a tie for that uh, title, I would imagine. <laughs> Devin Funches, the first selection of the 12th round. My God. I mean, that's great value. I think that's a great pick uh, by Mike Clay there. Uh, I really like Devin Funches. Mike Clay has had like, like five straight really good picks. Uh, Maybe six. Philip Rivers um, is the uh, 1202 uh, selection right after that to Matt Jordan. Shane Vereen, the third running back drafted by Josh Moore from four for four. Uh, David Hubbard takes Derek Carr, the Oakland Raiders quarterback, as his number one quarterback. And I don't know what it was, Dave, but once they saw Hubbard take a quarterback, everybody just had have a, a quarterback here. here Andy, Andy Dalton, uh, the next selection by Alex Emilio and Austin Lee. Kirk Cousins, the Washington quarterback, as the third quarterback selection uh, by Anthony Savino. And then Chris Hogan right after that to uh, Jeff Ratcliffe. Uh, we see um, Richard Ross take Matthew Stafford. Quarterback run continues here with Jameis Winston to Izzy Alcafas, Tony Romo to Corey Jones. And then uh, football guys, Sigmund Bloom takes Marcus Mariota as his number one quarterback. Rounding things out is the second tight end drafted by Mark McCausland. And that is Jordan Cameron, the Miami Dolphins quarterback. Uh, tight end um, on, you know, I keep giving away stuff on this road of his podcast, but one of the other things we talked about and uh, a recurring theme yep. in the pros versus Joe's drafts that we've seen so far, quarterbacks continue to fall. And I feel like 12th round is seemingly where everybody wants to make sure they have their starter. Been pretty rare that you've seen that in drafts prior to maybe 2015 where people were finally making like, you know, after all this quarterback or after all this running back receiver tight end stacking in the first 11 rounds. And they're like, all right, okay, I guess I do need a quarterback. <laughs> and, uh, and then they get one here. And I think Dave, everybody now has a quarterback on their roster after the 12th round, all the stragglers so. who didn't have one now have one. And uh, it, you know, interesting to know, especially for people who are drafting tomorrow or maybe in another draft experts format, uh, how far they can wait and still get a halfway decent starting quarterback here as their number one. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at uh, Sigmund Bloom. He waited, 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 waited. And he gets Mar- Marcus Mariota, and then I know I'm going to give this away for the 13th round, which you probably hate, but then he took Tannehill at the 13.02. And he's fine. I mean, that's actually those are nice, nice upside-type picks. And, again, you don't have to decide who to start. You just throw him out there and whatever. I'm sure he'll get some other fairly crappy guy, and then there you go. Now he's done. Yeah, I'm just, I was just trying to uh... – to, uh, to count up real quick to see how many quarterbacks we have off the board, Dave. And I do believe it is 21 quarterbacks uh, off the board here as we approach the end of the 13th round. So there's still 11 quote-unquote starters out there. Now one of those guys, well, just leave it at, at 
they may not have strangleholds on their jobs <laughs> as, as we move forward here into the 13th round. So a lot of quarterbacks go in that round. I think that was the story of the 12th round here. We talked a little bit about RG3 last night, but let's, you know, with Josh, you know, RG3's situation went from pretty crappy to pretty solid. I mean, Josh Gordon's back. Corey Coleman got drafted. I mean, when you looked at how this, how this looked back in like March or April, uh, it didn't look too good for him. But, I mean, they, they went with Corey Coleman in the middle of the first round, the first wide receiver off the board. Gordon gets back after a four-game suspension. You know, RG3, if he has any bit of mojo left, might actually be worth something, Balky. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, remember when we uh, were talking about Robert Griffin um, the year after he was a rookie? And I do remember, actually, he came into the year with, with Andrew Luck and a lot of Kentucky leagues that I drafted that year at the Kentucky fantasy football state championship. I had luck and Griffin as my two quarterbacks that I, again, I, it was insane to wait for quarterbacks. Balky didn't even take a quarterback until the seventh round. And you were, that was back when they were rookies, right? It, yeah. And, and, yeah. and it was in, you know, like people were talking about that was insane. And now you see people not drafting quarterbacks until the 12th right. round. So, um, but yeah, uh, and in the following year, I was all about RG3. Thought he was going to be fantastic. Uh, and seemingly every year, except for last year, I was all about Robert Griffin. Like, this is going to be the year he bounces back and <laughs> kind of washed my hands of it. But, I mean, he does have a playmaker in Josh Gordon. If Gordon is able to come back to, you know, 85% of what he was, uh, he has Corey Coleman, a rookie with an unknown ceiling that could be very, very valuable uh, as well in that offense, by, which by the way, Griffin Coleman and didn't Gordon like a, attend Baylor, but not play there. Uh, I don't recall exactly, but I know he was at Baylor, but all three of those guys are Baylor guys. Um, nice. now on, on the Cleveland Browns. So that's interesting as well. Cool. Uh, and then Gary Barnage, you know, say what you will about him. He had a fantastic year last year. He's back in this offense yep. as well. And Duke Johnson, an electric pass catching He's running back. Pass back, catching back yeah. So the, the weapons are there. And, and the defense is going to suck. Well, we don't know that. It will. You think so? No, it, it's not, you know, they're going to, it doesn't even have to suck, but they're going to be down in a lot of games probably. Right. right. What's their, what's their over under total? Probably like five wins, four and a half. Something I, like that. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I couldn't tell you, but yeah, I mean, the garbage time totals uh, are a possibility there as well. Let's move through the 13th round here, Dave. Richard Matthews, the free agent signing for Tennessee, goes to Mark McCausland. Sigmund Bloom, as you alluded to, takes Ryan Tannehill. Mini tight end run right after that is Corey Jones takes uh, Jared Cook, uh, followed by Izzy Elkafis from DynastyTradeCalculator.com taking Clive Walford. Will Ty, the giant starting tight end, goes to Richard Ross right after that. And then Tyrod Taylor, the second quarterback drafted by Jeff Ratcliffe. Richard Rodgers. The starter, backup, we don't know, tight end for Green Bay. He's also the backup tight end on Anthony Savino's team as he is the number two tight end taken. Devontae Adams, the much maligned, scorned, <laughs> spat upon. Devontae Adams goes to uh, Alex Melio and Austin Lee. Uh, that is at the uh, 1308 selection. Matt Ryan is the back-to-back quarterback selection of uh, David Hubbard following up his Derek Carr selection in the previous round. Isaiah Crowell from uh, Dave's Browns actually gets uh, selected here at the 13-10. Terrence Williams, the number two receiver that often plays like number two, uh, to Matt Jordan here uh, uh, for the Dallas Cowboys at the final uh, pick of the 13th round is Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Fitzpatrick, the uh, newly signed Jets quarterback, goes to Mike Clay with the final selection of the 13th round. Anything stand out here, Dave? Yeah, you know, I think, well, there's two things. Fitzpatrick's a nice pick. And again, I go back to my earlier 
discussion about receivers. Brandon Marshall goes in the second round. Eric Decker goes at the 312. And where's Fitzpatrick going? He's going super late, the end of the 13th round. And there's something wrong there. And I actually think the thing that's wrong is Fitzpatrick is going too late. People are still keeping him down just for the holdout. For whatever reason, I think he's back. He's fine, whatever. I mean, smart guy, as we've talked about a zillion times. The other guy I want to talk about is Will Ty. I actually think Will Ty is a really nice pick in the 13th round. He's on a good offense, good quarterback. And people are still discounting him as, as a player that might lose his job to Larry Janelle. It's not the case. I think Ty gets the starting, starting nod. Yeah, I agree. And this is his second year, and he played really well as a rookie tight end. And you know how many rookie tight ends play well? None. They all suck. Except so, for Tony Gonzalez. Wasn't he a good rookie tight end? Tony Gonzalez is like the, the, the best. He's like, you know, they'll, not only will they put his bust in the Hall of Fame, they're probably going to make the entrance, Tony Gonzalez entrance. Maybe they, maybe they don't put his bust in the Hall of Fame. They just, he's the exception. They put his whole body. Yeah, he's going to have he, a wing. He, he gets the full bronze Yeah, statue. exactly. Check it out. Here's Tony Gonzalez. But Ty, as a rookie, he played really well in that offense. I mean, so he's got a ton of upside. I like Ty a lot. Yeah, it, that, that is an interesting selection there. And uh, the other thing I, I think we can take from, from this round if you didn't have a second tight end, chances are you do now. Uh, as, <laughs> sure we, so. as we move through the 13th round, I just looking at it right now, I do believe everybody does have a second tight end. And, of course, as I say that, one team only has one tight end on the roster. And a guy, no stranger to uh, the FFPC format scoring starting lineup, David Hubbard, rolling with Eric Ebron right now. So that <laughs> is the only tight end. Uh, we are up against our final break of the show. This is the FNPC Pros versus Joes. Division number five, Fire and Rain Division. He's Dave Gerzak, and I'm Eric Balkman. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about each of these teams individually, what we liked, what we didn't like, and what we loved. Coming up right after this. The Fantasy Football Players Championship each year throws six F, uh, Pros versus Joes drafts. Uh, Fantasy Mojo, Darren Armani does a great job of putting it together. We broadcast them all here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, we are your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. We've covered the first 14 rounds of this 28-round behemoth. And uh, let's go team by team here, Dave. And I think we'll start things off with uh, Mark McCausland, the wizard, at uh, spot number one. I'm going to be honest with you. Not only is my voice failing me a little bit, my eyes are failing me a lot <laughs> bit. So anything you can do to help me... Uh, uh, get a better look at the screen would be much appreciated, Dave. And we'll kick things off here with McCausland's quarterbacks, Eli Manning and Teddy Bridgewater. Running backs, Devontae Freeman, DeMarco Murray, Danny Woodhead, Jeremy Hill, Charles Sims, and Jordan Howard. Receivers are Antonio Brown, Jarvis Landry, Sterling Shepard, Laquan Treadwell, and Richard Matthews. Tight ends, Charles Clay and Jordan Cameron. Quarterbacks and tight, excuse me, uh, quarterbacks and running backs, especially the running backs, well, I'll just say this. His running backs are extraordinarily strong. Uh, the rest of his team, I think you can poke holes in uh, at the other positions. Only two quarterbacks, and he waited till round 11 to draft one. Only two tight ends, and he waited till round 10 to draft one. And then the receivers, I mean, <clears throat> you look at Brown and Landry, as far as the top two, that's all right. Sterling Shepard in the sixth round, all right. Treadwell in the eighth as your number four. Eh. And Richard Matthews in the 13th. So some question marks there although the running back should be very strong. Uh, you know, I totally agree with you, Balky, actually. I think that there's a couple of things he could have done a little bit differently. But, uh, yeah, that's my problem. With Sterling Shepard and Treadwell, there's so much risk at that third wide receiver position. So I, I think he's going to struggle at that position. He's going to struggle in the flex. I think that's where he's going to have problems. 
And not that he's not going to get players to play. He's going to get Woodhead, Jeremy Hill, Charles Sims, whatever. But those are your 10-point, 12-point guys on certain weeks. He's not going to get the 20, 30-point guys, which you kind of need once in a while. Not every week, but you need them once in a while in the double flex. You do indeed. Um, let's go to Sigmund Bloom from footballguys.com's uh, team. Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Running backs are Deion Lewis, Frank Gore, Jarek McKinnon, Darren Sproles, DeAndre Washington. Uh, receivers Julio Jones, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Floyd, Deshaun Jackson, Michael Thomas. Tight ends Jordan Reed, Antonio Gates, Martellus Bennett. So you look at this team, Dave, probably the strongest tight ends in the league. Uh, I, I think he did pretty good for getting Mariota and Tannehill. At quarterback, I think he's going to add another one here uh, coming around in the 16th uh, or maybe the 17th, and I think the quarterbacks will be all right. Uh, the receivers, very, very good as well. And uh, Julio Jones, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Floyd at the top, and then Djax and Michael Thomas filling in uh, the cracks there at four and five. He will need to get some more receiver depth here. The key for this team is going to be big seasons from Deion Lewis and Frank Gore and then uh, getting guys like Darren Sproles and DeAndre Washington to actually come out and have uh, solid, productive weeks on the weeks they're needed to start. Yeah, I think he's counting on tight ends for his flex area. Uh, I thought the Darren Sproles pick was actually a really good pick for his team, the way it's constructed with Deion Lewis and Frank Gore. He needed someone to give, to give him those 8- to 10-point weeks when he was a bye week from Lewis and Gore, and he got that. Uh, so overall, this team has some potential, actually. I, I think with Julio, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Floyd, he could be in all right shape. He's going to hit that flex okay with Gates and Bennett. Yeah, pounding a bunch of pass catchers early is, is certainly a strategy I will not uh, rip on because I, I plan on deploying it quite a bit this year. Corey Jones, the FFPC Joe, drafting from the third uh, spot tonight. Tony Romo and Jay Cutler are his signal callers. Running backs, Jamal Charles, Jay Ajayi, Theo Riddick, and Tricandrick West at running back. Odell Beckham, Devontae Parker, Marvin Jones, Willie Sneed, Kamar Aiken, Muhammad Sanu at receiver, Greg Olson, Kobe Fleener, Jared Cook at tight end. I like the quarterbacks. I think the tight ends are obviously awesome. You like the quarterbacks, huh? Interesting. Romo and Cutler, and I think he adds another one. Yeah. And when I say me, I, me no like when I say I like the quarterbacks, I believe that um, for waiting until round 13 to grab his first one, I think he did all right. So I'm fine with the quarterbacks. Uh, the running backs, I, I think um, there's some question marks there, even with me being Team Ajayi uh, this year. And the receivers, um, you know, you look at this, and, and it doesn't look that great, um, you know, with, with Beckham and Parker as the top two, and then you get Jones, Snead, Aiken, Sanu. Not really exciting guys, but again, you only need to start two of them per week, and I feel like between those four, he's going to get more starts than he probably thinks out of those selections. Uh, you know, I'm concerned about having Devontae Parker as my number two wide receiver when he hasn't even broken out yet. Uh, I'd like a little more consistency out of that. I don't like Romo and Cutler. That's a problem. I, I guess I do kind of question uh, taking Charkandrick West over Spencer Ware when Ware has been running ahead of West as far as the official backup for Jamal Charles. So that's a concern of mine. Uh, at least he got uh, at least he got Fleener bulky. Well, I think that just makes him the odds-on favorite in this league here, Dave. I mean, that trumps everything. I mean. Trump. Yeah. Uh, that really does that. It does a number on it, Bulky. Yeah. Cam Newton, uh, Jameis Winston, and Joe Flacco are Izzy Elkafis' quarterbacks drafting from the four hole. Adrian Peterson, Giovanni Bernard, Derek Henry, Tevin Coleman at running back. Receivers are Des Bryant, Demarius Thomas, Larry Fitzgerald, Kevin White, Corey Coleman. And the tight ends, uh, Jimmy Graham and Clive Walford. He also has, uh, excuse me, Nelson Aguilar as a receiver. So, Dave, 
I like this team's running backs and receivers as well as quarterbacks. Tight ends going to be the key. He's going to need Jimmy Graham to come back. He's going to need Clive Walford to at least potentially break out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I actually like the structure of this team. I like that he, when he took Cam, he decided, all right, I took Cam here, so I'm going to have to wait on tight end, and he did do that. He takes, takes Graham. He takes Walford. I like a lot of his mid to late round picks are a good balance of risk and upside. Uh, Kevin White, Derrick Henry, Jimmy Graham, Corey Coleman, Tevin Coleman, uh, Clive Walford, and even Aguilar in the 15th. Those are all guys who have potential to really burst out and be better than, the, the, than where they're drafted after taking the steady eddies in the first five rounds, actually. So I, I like this team construction. I like the team overall. I, I think it has potential. Richard Ross uh, drafting from the five spot tonight. Um, we look at his squad. Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Alex Smith are his quarterbacks. Running backs are David Johnson, Jeremy Langford, Rashad Jennings, Chris Ivory, and Chris Johnson. Receivers Amari Cooper, Kelvin Benjamin, Alan Hearns, John Brown, and uh, tight ends Travis Kelsey, Kyle Rudolph, Will Ty. I will say I like the quarterbacks and tight ends uh, on this team. Maybe not not so much the the talent. At t- I mean, I'm not a big Rudolph guy, but the fact that he has two other guys, including Kelsey, to go with uh, Rudolph, I'll get on board with that. Uh, running backs are very good depth-wise. Receivers, a different story. <laughs> so you got to be weak somewhere. I feel like Richard Ross here is weak at receiver. Well, you know, I don't. It's weird because I, if 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 I had was was drafting his team, I would have taken Watkins over Benjamin, and I would have taken Jordan Matthews over Alan Hearns. Not that I don't like Alan Hearns, um, and that's just you know even the Hearns Matthews thing is a little bit close. But I mean, then I would like the team more. But if he likes Benjamin better than uh, Watkins, if he likes Burns better than Matthews, then the team is fine. I, I do like the Langford and the Rashard Jennings picks. I think that Chris Ivory is actually a nice pick, too. Um, this team's good. I like it. You're not concerned with only having four receivers 15 rounds in? Uh, you know, there's a little bit of concern, as, as one could imagine. With Rudolph and Ty, he's going to get a little bit of flex action there, assuming Ty's as good as I think he is. And Jennings is the starter at running back. Chris Ivory is going to get some production. But, yeah, it, it, there's a little bit of a problem there. I agree with you there. Okay. He gets Robert Woods in the 16th, so now he's got five receivers. I he, love the team now. Robert Woods sucks. That's totally fine. He's the worst. <laughs> he is definitely not the worst. Pro football focus is Jeff Ratcliffe actually picking sixth tonight, and he takes Ben Roethlisberger and Tyrod Taylor as his quarterbacks. Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, Arian Foster, C.J. Procise, Kenneth Dixon, and Paul Perkins at running back. Jordy Nelson, Sammy Watkins, Josh Gordon, Stephon Diggs, Chris Hogan, and Brashad Perriman at wideout. Rob Gronkowski, Julius Thomas are his tight ends. Are you at all concerned, Dave, that Josh Gordon is his number three receiver? You know, it's a little bit of a concern, yes. I mean, as well it should be. I mean, Gordon, you don't know where he's going to be. But he he grabbed the only joker in the deck, and that's Gronkowski. And there's there's only one Gronk. If you have Gronk on your team, you can kind of, like, honestly – fart around with the rest of your team and you're still like pretty good. I mean, truthfully. Yeah. It's like, ah, yeah, whatever. I got Gronk. So I, the rest of I'm going to get five more points than you every single week. So whatever, try and make that up. Just looking at position by position on this team. I think Julius Thomas is in for a Bafo year. And obviously Rob Gronkowski doesn't, uh, I mean, he's going to have a crazy good year as well. Um, but even that, that said, you're, you're coming into round 16 with guys that at tight end that have been hurt quite a bit and you don't have a third one yet. I, I would have liked to see that. Uh, running backs are really good. Um, I mean, maybe not uh, 
top end heavy with uh, Hyde being his first one selected in round four. But to get those other guys there, I think was solid. And um, I've already, you know, said my my issues with receiver uh, on this team. Uh, again, you only need two of them. If Jordy and Watkins end up shaking these early season injuries and, and crushing it, then he'll probably be all right. Yeah, you know, I probably would have gone a little more conservative at uh, running back and not taken ProSize and taken Ivory the way his running backs are constructed with Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, and Arian Foster. It's like you just need another, like, kind of oldish, productive, whatever guy because you just kind of semi-punted running back. Um, ProSize has some upside, but, I mean, he could also just be complete garbage. Um, okay, shock and awe. That's Anthony Savino, and he was drafting from the seven spot. Blake Bortles, Carson Palmer, and Kirk Cousins are his quarterbacks. His running backs are Lamar Miller, LaShawn McCoy, Thomas Rawls, D'Angelo Williams, Darren McFadden, and Spencer Ware. DeAndre Hopkins, Doug Baldwin, Emmanuel Sanders, Marcus Wheaton are the receivers. Tight ends, Jason Witten and Richard Rodgers. Also adds the Arizona Cardinals defense and special teams to his roster here in the 16th round. I uh, really love the quarterbacks uh, on his team. I think the fact that he waited until round eight and still got Bortles, Palmer, and Cousins is fantastic. You can make an argument that that is nine. the best. Oh, but round nine. You make an argument that, that that is the best trio of quarterbacks in this league. Uh, the running backs, I think, you know, even though I'm not a Rawls guy, the fact that he is the number three running back for uh, Anthony Sabino, I like that. Again, I, I call into question the tight end depth with, you know, not uh, – not selecting a tight end at all until round eight, and then only adding Richard Rodgers to Jason Witten, uh, I think it's concerning. And the receivers uh, aren't the greatest in the world, and when you couple that with there's only four of them on his roster, I think that could be problematic. Yeah, I think receiver and tight end are the, are the problem areas, and, and tight end for sure. Witten is like ancient, and then Richard Rodgers, you don't even know what his situation is. He could be fantastic. I mean, he's lost that weight. I actually Got like- rid of the red vines. Yeah, and, you know, Jared Cook sucks. I mean, he's never been good. I don't think he's going to be that good this year. So I think that Rodgers actually – I think Rodgers is, is the is the Packer tight end to own. But as we've talked about in the past, Packer tight ends don't get that many targets. They get like 90 targets a year, uh, and the number three wide receiver gets more get more targets in that offense. Uh, so that's a, that is a concern. I do love the quarterbacks. I like the running backs a lot. Hopkins has got to be awesome. Baldwin's got to be awesome. And Emmanuel Sanders has to keep it keep it going. Other than that, uh, Mrs. Lincoln, what'd you think of the play? <laughs> Let's move on here and talk about uh, Alex Melio and Austin Lee, which, by the way, um, I just saw on the screen, one of them just tweeted out, uh, I don't know if it was Alex or Austin, uh, said that they're very happy with their team thus far. And uh, we'll see how happy they are after we fricassee it here. <laughs> um, so their quarterbacks are Drew Brees, uh, Andy, Dal- Andy Dalton, and Brock Osweiler. Uh, the running backs, Mark Ingram, Doug Martin, Bilal Powell, James Starks, and Buck Allen. A.J. Green, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Lockett, Torrey Smith, Devontae Adams, and Jalen Strong at receiver. Delaney Walker and Gary Barnage at tight end. So I guess say what you will about the players they drafted. I happen to uh, share uh, similar feelings uh, as these guys do to a lot of their players. And I think uh, th- there's not a, a superior strength to this team. But I don't really see any glaring weaknesses either. Well, how would you, how would you possibly know that a, that a football guy's team would have Delaney Walker on it? You know, if you ever played daily, if you ever played FanDuel, right. every single yep. week. Yeah. What's the best value? Oh, it's Delaney, Delaney Walker. Walker. How much is he? 6500 Oh, Delaney Walker. Yeah. They always love Delaney Walker. Dodds loves Delaney Walker. 
So he, these guys own Delaney Walker. If Walker, the problem, I, I always had this problem. Walker and Barnage are so boring to me. Right. Yet they produce. Yeah. If those guys produce, the team will be great. Yeah. No, and, and uh, I agree, and I think that uh, that they will. Gary Barnage is being drafted as a starting tight end in most leagues. He's the backup here uh, for Alex Melio and, and Austin Lee. So actually, I'd be kind of happy with their team as well. In this league, it might just be. Um, the team that isn't weak necessarily anywhere, uh, maybe isn't strong anywhere, uh, but with the balanced it's, roster, maybe they end up taking it. It's very, it's very balanced. I mean, and Powell and Starks are kind of sneaky picks. There. They are sneaky picks. And you could make the same case about Buck Allen. I know you're Mr. Forsett this year, uh, but Buck Allen, sneaky good pick there as well. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to David Hubbard's Meehan squad from the number nine position, Derek Carr. All right, full disclosure, Meehan spends a ton of money with the FFPC, so... <laughs> I, there's no way I'm saying anything bad about his team. Oh, I'll, I'll bring the real here. <laughs> Derek Carr and Matt Ryan as his quarterbacks. Running backs are Todd Gurley, Eddie Lacy, Latavius Murray, and Matt Jones, and Devontae Booker and C.J. Spiller. He just uh, takes Spiller in the 17th round here. Uh, receivers are Mike Evans, Dante Moncrief, Jordan Matthews, Tavon Austin, Sammy Coates, Philip Dorsett. Uh, tight end. <laughs> Singular. He's got two kickers, Balky. He's Eric Ebron, and he does have two kickers on his team. Steven Goskowski uh, and Dan Bailey. Somewhere, Farrell Elliott is slamming a shot of bourbon if he saw that. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, again, we, we, it's obvious on this team. We like the running backs. We like the receivers. Quarterbacks should be fine. He'll probably have the best kickers in the league. Um, <laughs> but t- one tight end. Now, we've seen Tim McCullough from Roto Experts, who won this competition in 2014, draft one tight end for his all 28 rounds, and he won the whole thing. Still don't know how that happened. Um, I, I think Darren Armani for I think Darren I think Darren Armani forgot to carry the one in in telling scoring that year. But uh, yeah, Gates was his one tight end and he won it. I am concerned with only having Eric Ebron as your only tight end here. Well, what this means to me is it means that Hubbard actually has a, some some uh, aces up some his sleeper sleeve. tight ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got some sleeper tight ends that that he's fine with taking really late. Um, they're going to have to hit. I mean, that's uh, absolutely true. The, the the nice thing about waiting so long on quarterback, and he did fine with Derek Carr and Matt Ryan, um, and, and waiting on tight end, is it, it really stacked his running backs and receivers, and that's really important in DE formats. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have bye weeks. Gurley, Lacey, Murray, Matt Jones. I thought Matt Jones was a fantastic yep, guy in the seventh yep, round. Absolutely. And then Mike Evans, Moncrief, Jordan Matthews, Austin, Sammy Coates, Dorsett. You know, Coates and Dorsett. I mean, I think, and even Austin, a 100-catch guy, uh, those are guys that are going to have upside huge weeks in uh, DE format. So those are nice. I actually, you know, as much as he spends, I still actually do like the team. All right. I'm just going to do this real quick here. That's oh, the, the first, first time we had to do this. Can I, am I doing it wrong here? What am I, what am I, I doing? I don't know. I made the screen big. All right. I think, I think that'll work. And let's go back to the old thing. And there we go. All right. Beautiful. Okay. You're really smart. So now I can't see what team it is, but I'll... Team I'll, 10. We only have three left. Okay, so Team 10 was, of course, Josh Moore from 4 for 4. Good job. He goes Allen Robinson, Brandon... Excuse me. Uh, I'm not going to go right down the board. Uh, Russell Wilson, Paxton Lynch, Robert Griffin are his quarterbacks. Running backs, Ryan Matthews, LeGarrette Blount, Shane Vereen, Isaiah Kroll, Carlos Williams. Receivers, Allen Robinson, Brandon Marshall, uh, Julian Edelman, Randall Cobb, Michael Crabtree, Travis Benjamin, and the tight ends are Ladarius Green and Zach Miller. Dave, uh, receivers may be the best in the league. Uh, quarter, should be. Uh, quarterbacks, um, are, are, you know, he's got Russell Wilson. As long as Lynch and Griffin um, don't, you Die. know what the bet, you know what the bet, they should be okay. He gets the Seahawks defense as well. Um, concerned with tight ends and running backs. 
I think he might be all right at tight end. I mean, Zach Miller on the various screen. Uh, and now those, Jacob Tammy in, yeah, in the 18th year. I think he might be all right there. Uh, running back, yeah, Matthews, Blunt, Vereen, Crowell. He's just trying to cobble it together. Yeah. If he cobbles it together, he gets those 15 points once in a while out of Matthews, 10 points out of the rest of the junk. He'll be all right. Dominant receivers, though. Uh, team 11, we spoke uh, to Matt Jordan earlier. His team ends up looking like Aaron Rodgers and Phillip Rivers at quarterback. Running backs are... Ezekiel Elliott, C.J. Anderson, Matt Forte, Jonathan Stewart, Amir Abdullah. Uh, receivers Keenan Allen, Golden Tate, Steve Smith, Terrence Williams, Tyler Boyd, Anquan Bolden, Dwayne Allen, Austin Safarian Jenkins, and uh, Vance McDonald, that tight end. And the kicker is Steven Hauschka. The defense is the Carolina Panthers. Maybe the second-best tight end trio in the league uh, with Allen, ASJ, and Vance McDonald. I actually like ASJ and Vance McDonald as far as where he got them there. I don't know about that. Uh, and I like Obviously, I like Dwayne Allen better than you. Uh, the running backs are awesome. The quarterbacks are awesome. Uh, the receivers, uh, the fact that Steve Smith is his number three is probably my biggest concern uh, on this roster. But, again, I like the tight ends more than you do. Well, he picked off so much running back value with uh, Forte, Jonathan Stewart, and Abdullah. I think all three of those picks are really good picks. Even Anderson is a solid pick. Um, but he ended up kind of giving up a little bit of the receiver area. I think at one of those spots, I would have almost had to bite the bullet and take a receiver, but it almost didn't seem like the opportunity presented itself. After he took Anderson, you know, Forte, there really wasn't a receiver there to take. I guess he could have taken uh, Emmanuel Sanders or John Brown, but I mean, Forte in that spot, I would still take him in that, in that area too. So he just didn't have quite the opportunity, but I think his running backs are so good. I mean, they're just fantastic. Yep. And they, plus he's got Rodgers. Yeah, that's uh, that's also uh, something to uh, to toot your horn about. I really like it. We we talked about liking it earlier, and and uh, I like I more did a good job. I like more teams. Sorry to interrupt. I like more teams at the back end of this draft tonight than I did last night. Ah, there you go. Uh, the final team at the back end of the draft, I think you and I are going to have good things to say about this because we talked about how he was hitting those, um, you know, sort of mid-round picks very, very well, at least in our opinion. We liked a lot of the players he was taking there, and that's Mike Clay from uh, ESPN. So it is Andrew Luck, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Sam Bradford at quarterback. Running backs are Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, Justin Forsett, TJ Yeldon, and Wendell Smallwood. Alshon Jeffrey, Eric Decker, Jeremy Macklin, Vincent Jackson, Devin Funches, Josh Doxson, Doriel Green-Beckham, and uh, Bruce Ellington at receiver. Tight ends are Zach Ertz, Tyler Eifert, and I believe that's it. Yeah, okay. So I look at this squad, very deep at receiver. Uh, if the top two running backs end up panning out, that is an excellent position uh, as well. I think quarterback uh, looks really, really strong on this team as well. Tight ends must perform with Ertz and Eifert not having a third one yet. I like how Mike Clay constructed his team. I like that he, he took Bell, he took three receivers, takes the tight ends, gets luck. Luck is a great value. Goes heavy on the running backs, which is a little bit of risk there. But then he just pounds the living hell out of wide receivers in his next, like, seven rounds. VJAX, Funches, Josh Doxson, Green Beckham, and Ellington. I mean, there's so much opportunity there. One of those guys, I mean, literally one of them, possibly two of them have to hit. I like the Bruce Ellington pick a lot. I think that's a great value. The Green Beckham pick is a great value. Doxson, who cares? Give it a shot. Funches, give it a chance. Maybe VJX is going to do something. I, I really like his. I like how his team ended up turning out. And I got to tell you, after round, uh, after round six, after he took Eifert, I thought his team was not in good shape. But I mean, since then, I mean, I think he's done fantastic. No, I would agree. I think he had a lot of really good picks there, especially uh, those running backs as well. So a lot of strong teams here tonight, Dave. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, we could see the overall champ coming out of this division. I think that's the, the takeaway. We only have about two minutes left in the show. Uh, just as a reminder for everybody, uh, I, I want to uh, thank, first of all, Izzy Elkafis uh, and Matt Jordan for uh, calling into the show uh, tonight. Check out DynastyTradeCalculator.com and, of course, follow Izzy on Twitter at DLF underscore Izzy E. Thanks to Dave Gerzak, my excellent co-host, and Darren Armani, who you can follow on Twitter at Fantasy Mojo. Check out, for all the pros versus Joe's details, you can go to FantasyMojo.com for draft boards, ADP, uh, everything like that. Uh, tomorrow is our No Rain Division number 6. It is our final draft we are covering, and it's going to be one hour later, 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central. Uh, just giving you, bedtime. Yeah, yes, I know. The FFPC Joe's, Brooke Sloan, John Laskowski, Albert Chapman, Danny Mueller. Uh, Peter St. Pierre and Kay Coulson all uh, going to battle for the FFPC tomorrow. Uh, the pro side, Rich Rebar from thefakefootball.com, Michael Nazarick from ffmastermind.com, Jeff Manns from the Fantasy Alarm will be on, uh, as well as Darren Armani from Fantasy Mojo, Brandon Marianne Lee from herfantasyfootball.com drafting tomorrow, John Hansen uh, from uh, fantasyguru.com as well. So that will be a baller lineup. Uh, Joe's going to have their work cut out for him tomorrow. But I know they have it in them to uh, get it done. So that is tomorrow at 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central. Remember to view the full draft boards for all the pros versus Joe's events at FantasyMojo.com, the MyFFPC.com message boards, i 6 Fantasy Football, or Facebook and Twitter as well. Sign up for all those satellites, Superflex, and Football Guys Leagues now at MyFFPC.com. A lot of great drafting action there. Check it out. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to cut the YouTube feed. Your Wednesday officially, Tuesday officially this starts now. This has been now. another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Yeah, I apologize if my uh, voice is going a little bit. My eyesight is also going. I'm getting older and more tired uh, as the uh, drafts go on. Hopefully I have it in myself to get through one more draft tomorrow at 10, 9 central. We'll talk to you guys then. Thanks for listening.